0: And like I said to you, you're like, well, we'll just have to find a doctor that like takes the, takes our insurance and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we're just going to have to find the best fucking doctor that exists and we will worry about how we pay for it later. You have a viral moment. Maybe you can trade that with the neurologist. There we go. Record that shit. Record that shit. There's too much. There's too much to get through, and I have to drive my child to work, so I have to, like, get it in. This this room is very echoey. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. I could hang pillows from the ceiling or something, but I'm already turned the air conditioning off because it blows right here, and I knew it would make a loud noise, But so I'm going to be sweating. It's echoey. It's 8.30 in the fucking morning. Let's do it. Casey really making a fucking splash. Hey, guys, it's Busy Phillips is doing her best. I don't know if I've been doing my best this week, but Casey certainly has been doing her best at getting the word <laughs> out that she deserves credit for the Benefer <laughs> theory, and God damn it, she's going to take it. She is going to take it, whether anyone wants to give it to her or not. All you other fucking gossip sites better watch out. She came up with this theory On her own is a soothsayer, a witch, whatever you want to call it. Our podcast finally had its own viral moment. Is this what does it? Do we finally find success as a (laughs) podcast? (laughs) As people, does going viral mean that we're successful? What is happening? Casey, tell me everything. Well... What happened? What a weird day.
1: First of all, I mean, like again, does going viral doesn't mean success? It doesn't mean money. I can tell you I can tell you that. No, you don't get checks from the from the viral corporation of America. I could tell you that. but but it has been um an interesting day because. Well, here, here's what happened. Uh, those of you who listen to the podcast, you know we talk about Ben Affleck all the time. We are obsessed with Ben Affleck. Uh, when In ben, a healthy
0: way. In a healthy in a, way. In a healthy
1: way. We're rooting for him. We find him entertaining. I feel like he gives the people what they want in terms of... He is an entertainer yeah he just content, and he's out there, and you know he just he's he's doing memorable things all the time. and then think of the memes alone, guys, the, the memes, memes alone. alone, which he also does not get paid for. you know gets, by the way, can we
0: just be clear though he gets paid plenty you oh, know sure, I mean? sure, sure, sure. Okay. yeah, I mean, but just, you know, like if if it's on a scale of like us and Ben Affleck. I don't yeah. feel bad that he's not getting paid for he's the. Meals. Doing okay. yes, he's, he's doing, doing fine. Okay. okay. Yeah, he's doing okay. Okay, all right. So you know, and we love Jennifer Lopez because she is Jennifer Lopez and has always been. Can I just say this personally? Has always been very kind to me. Same, same.
1: Always really warm and really funny and just acts like you're just as important as anyone else around, um, which we are. Uh, And so when back in April, when it was rumored that they were hanging out after their uh, various breakups, we were like, oh, that's cool. That's exciting news. Um, And then in May, Ben was spotted wearing a watch, which I recognized as and many people recognized as, potentially the watch from the Jenny from the Block video
0: 100% the watch from the Jenny from the Block video I wrongly placed them in Mexico they were actually in Miami <laughs> I'm embarrassed by my confidence in that statement my hubris <laughs> in knowing fancy places to vacation although it really did look like Las Vegas I but, mean yes but like I said online on the Instagram all fancy shit looks the same I mean if you're it's- being real
1: exactly it has a it has a, a an aesthetic of wealth yes tropical wealth so Correct. um yes yeah, so he was wearing in in may he was wearing this watch that uh he was given in the Jenny from the block video back in 2002 and when we talked about it on the podcast with um our friend Ryan uh from special um we you know you said is Is it the same watch? And if so, is that like the sweetest, most sentimental thing? And I, you know, just blurted out this theory, which had been brewing in my mind, but it was so cuckoo that I kind of didn't want to say it out loud. So I was very reluctant. But when I saw that watch, it kind of hit me. They're remaking the Jenny from the Block video. Shot for shot. Shot for shot. It's like the, the 20th anniversary of the song is coming up. They're, you know, and here's what I want to be clear on. We never said this relationship was just for publicity just to remake this video. No,
0: I think they hooked back up. Yes. My my addendum to your theory is I think they, like, refound each other in this moment in their lives. They're having the best fucking time. And one of them has the idea, wouldn't it be insane and hilarious if... And then they were like, let's just do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so they're very so, clearly into each other. Very by the clearly way. into each other.
1: And so yeah, so I said this theory it back in May on this podcast, based on nothing, just on based on seeing <laughs> him with that watch
0: on and like a gut feeling that I had. To be, to be fair, most of what we say is based on nothing.
1: Yeah, true, true, <laughs> but it doesn't go viral, so we never have to like defend it, you know. So um, this is this is the first time that people went to the tape to to hear about it and to suss it out. So anyway, um, so I said this theory, and at the time you screamed, which made me so happy because I was like, even if this is the silliest theory, it at least was delightful to us, and we laughed at it. Um, so, but since then evidence has kind of been mounting mounting <laughs> <laughs> so much evidence <laughs> so so many you know people keep posting photographs saying oh they were spotted again together but every time i'm looking at them saying does this match yes. a shot from the gym and, from the block video and it and has then and then repeatedly and then this the,
0: weekend this past well, weekend what is it what is it called? What is it called? The and then it's it's not the red herring. It's like and then the. the, the what's the, the expression? The money shot. I mean, no, that's like, gross. That's gross. gross. That's no, like the the like thing that's like and then like the smoking got gun. The smoking gun. There we the go. Smoking gun. Thank God. The
1: smoking gun was this weekend. Uh, you know, all this time when I've been saying uh, this looks like it could be. A shot from the video, I'm interpreting this, the angle that this is being shot from, it looks like the video. All this
0: time I've said, call me when they're on a yacht together. Call me when they're on a yacht and his hand is on her ass. And guess, then... Guess who called you? Yeah, Every, everybody. The world. The world. <laughs> <laughs> so well,
1: well, this weekend she had her birthday party on a yacht in the south of France. Come on. That was Hand exciting. on the
0: ass. I, then, it was...
1: It's too good. It was too good. And so, yeah, so it's just been like, um, you know, 24 hours of uh, giving interviews to internet outlets about how I guessed this. We still don't know I, if it's true.
0: I mean, I'm hopeful. Listen, if it's not true, at this point, they know about it, and maybe they'll make it true. They've been contacted for comment by... No, by... they for sure know about it. Like, <laughs> I, one thing I do know about Jennifer Lopez, I, I, again, cannot say enough how much I love her and how kind she has always been to me in person, IRL, Um is that like I feel like she's aware? She's yes. not a person that lives like if this were for in any some wild world, best friend Michelle Williams, I would have to call Michelle and tell her what was happening. You're and trending, be like, really? What's <laughs> that? Why? What? What do you mean? And then I'd have to explain. I'm Jennifer Lopez. I think I feel no. She's aware. She's like aware of. Every of the of the stuff out yeah. there. So I'm. Yeah. I, so also, she's aware of our podcast. And Jennifer Lopez, please come on it. I mean, come on. Here's the thing. I here's
1: what I do want to say. If Jenner, Jennifer Lopez is listening or Ben Affleck is listening, I'm sure they are.
0: I'm sure they're subscribers. I mean, let's be real.
1: Um, I do want to say I hope that we didn't mess up a surprise for you guys that you were trying to surprise. us Well, there's with. no we.
0: It's you. But. Um, <laughs> So guys, I'm still good. I'm still You're good. I didn't mess anything innocent. up. I didn't mess yeah. anything up.
1: Yeah, I hope I didn't mess up a surprise.
0: I really just was excited but at also, the thought of like, it. give I the didn't... people what they want. Like yeah. that's just yeah. give the people just it's now it's now been decided by the universe, aka celebrity culture internet, that this is what we need and please just give it to us. We really give want it. To it. We yeah. really want it. We really yeah. fucking want it. Yeah.
1: But also for those of you who are listening, who, you know, um, if you're finding the podcast this week because of this viral moment, I just want to say, yeah, we never said that the relationship was for publicity. We said they're back together and they're, you know, they're artists, they're creators, they're making this video because that's what they do. They create. And so hopefully that's what's
0: happening. And And I think it's like fun and funny. Like, I think it's I think it shows that both of them have a good sense of humor. Yes. about themselves and their um their own like role within the story of their relationship. Whoa yes. deep. Yes. That was deep. And
1: also it's kind of ballsy because, you know, um If I made a video 20 years ago with my hot boyfriend or girlfriend, and then I wanted to remake it, I would think they're going to be compared side by side a lot. And so it's going to show the passage of 20 years, and uh, neither of them have anything to worry about in the comparison. Well, Ben has really gotten it together in the last couple months.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not, we got to... Come on, Let's as our be friend real. Michelle
1: Collins said, they're together two weeks and he's hot as shit again.
0: Yeah, he snaps it right the fuck back for JLo. <laughs> I I don't think that there's. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like everybody no. knows that when you are getting some in a new way from some, maybe it's an old way from someone real hot, you got to snap it back together. That's just you, the way it is.
1: Do you know, I have a
0: theory about
1: this, actually, um, that, uh, you know how I always believe that there are like just unstudied scientific phenomenon, or maybe they they are studied and I just am not aware. Right? We didn't go to Harvard. We don't know. Exactly. So I, yeah, I don't have access to (laughs) medical journals, but I actually believe that your hormones, I believe that a hormone kicks in, in your body that kind of snaps things together when you're really feeling it romance-wise.
0: Ooh. Well, yeah, but remember how do we bottle that? That's what I was talking about that some at some point. How do you yeah. bottle that they, they need that's the pill we need. It's a
1: it's a really good question, but I just, you know, I have been in, you know, we've all been in relationships uh of some kind or another, but I remember when I first started going out with my husband and people kept saying like, "Oh, you're not You're in love. You're not eating. And I was eating like twice as much as normal. But it was just burning. Burning. It was just burning. You were burning up for Matt. For hotness. Yeah. So, I mean.
0: (laughs) Well, um, yeah. I mean, I similarly, but not exactly, you know, I always know when I'm ovulating because it's always the day that I get the most compliments. See? I I mean, truly, you guys, truly. When I am ovulating for 24 hours, I cannot go in public without someone commenting on how beautiful I am. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> trying to get you pregnant. Yes. It's, like, it's like something happens. My skin glows. Skin. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like the, not that like, I just look like the fittest that I look all month. I am like, put a baby in me. <laughs> like it's crazy. doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. Woman, man. No, I'm serious. This is I I know that I mean I this isn't I'm not it's not hyperbolic. Like literally every month when I'm ovulating if I'm in public people comment on how good I look or you look great. Ooh, hi. Nice. Like who? Ooh. Like it's without fail. It's weird. Huh. Maybe I'll take a video camera next time, and I'll be it's, like, "Guys, I'm ovulating. I just got complimented." It's really interesting. So maybe being in
1: love is like a permanent state of ovulation for any, ooh, any
0: gender. Okay, I mean, probably there's probably something to that because it's like all biology and like, yeah, whatever. And it doesn't it doesn't last forever. I don't think,
1: sadly, no. obviously. But so you really have you to like odd. make hay while the sun shines, and possibly
0: remake an old music video. You know what? We're here for it. I can't wait to see it. Ben and Jen, just know that everyone's rooting for you. And everyone just wants you to be happy. And whether that's together or apart or making remaking this video or not remaking this video, but definitely remake this video, we're happy for both of you. I'm happy for anyone who's just like out there taking a chance,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I really think that, you know, I've been trying not to um, get in uh, tiffs with people online who don't are kind of tiffs. like sour pusses. With people. And no. I know it's so weird. And I'm like, I really don't have any skin in this game. You know, I just made an observation and I like these people.
0: By the way, I like all of their former significant others as well. No one better than Jennifer Garner. That's just Nobody
1: is better. Yeah. And the nicest like,
0: human on earth, the greatest mom, the sweetest person. Yes. Like the coolest lady, a great actor. Just no one's better. I really,
1: I dig Mark Anthony. Um, Very tiny and cute. A-Rod's fine. I don't know him at all. I I don't, I mean, I don't, I think he's unknowable to some extent. I don't know sports. You know, and like, yeah, and I don't know the reasons why anyone broke up or what their interpersonal relationships are. But in terms of like, and I double checked this because the one criticism that really kind of like, I was like, oh, people are like, you never see Ben Affleck with his kids. And I was like, I checked Jennifer Garner's Instagram. you don't see their kids on there either no so probably it it's an it's an agreement that they have it's a not, choice not to show their kids
0: also so, like, I have clearly made a different agreement and we can talk about that <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we only we only know what we know and I know. They're, people they're, also people need to calm down I, this is where I get this is where the this is where the public person the public facing person that I how am comes yeah. out and I get real fucking annoyed when people, I'm not judgy of how anyone chooses to parent when they're in the public eye. And especially, I just find it very strange when people make comments like you never see so-and-so with their children. It's like, you may think that you see every fucking moment of every day of these people, that's what it feels like to you because of the paparazzi coverage of them running to Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, out to the grocery store or in Montauk or whatever. You do not, you are not with these people all day, every day, every week, every... You don't know their fucking lives. You don't know the time they spend with their children. You cannot make past judgment on what kind of parents they are based on anything that you see photographed in celebrity like rags. Like that's just, it's just a fact. It's just a fucking fact. So cool it with that. Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cool it. And just like everyone take it, take a deep breath because you just like, and leave, leave people's, children out of it in all ways, unless, of course, you're me and you just decide to let your child become a professional actor (laughs) at age 12, which we can talk about now.
1: Yeah, we can talk about that. I just, I feel like this. We want this video from 2002. For whatever reason, it's tickled our fancy. We want it back. But let's not go back to the way that we behaved in 2002 toward celebrities. Let's not be cruel. Let's not do the exact same thing that we're all feeling apologetic about the way Britney. Was treated the way Paris Hilton was treated, the way so many, I I mean, and I'm sure other people got it worse. So, like, you don't want to be, and you don't also don't want to be the one that's like, I'm team so and so versus team so and so, because when you really start to like dig into it, it's not a great. It's, not, it's just not a great road to go down. Yes, yeah. you know, one woman wears makeup and sexy clothes and the other woman is wholesome and whatever. Like, th- that's just, that's not,
0: don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Wandrium, 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 wandrium. Listen, guys, we love learning stuff. I love learning stuff. You're never too old to learn stuff. Let's be real. And sometimes you find yourself, I don't know, in a trailer while your child is working. You have some extra time on your hands, and that's where Wondrium comes in and is my new favorite streaming service currently. Listen, previously known as the Great Courses Plus, it now offers even more incredible Content because with Wondrium, you can learn what you want, when you want, how you want. You can learn at your own pace through a wide variety of learning experiences. Not everybody learns the same. You know, I'm a visual learner. Documentaries, tutorials, travel logs, more. The programs are led by expert presenters and fantastic nonfiction storytellers. Everything is super engaging. They make it so fun and exciting. I could literally binge watch it all day. And I am currently actually doing that very thing. Um, For instance, here's one thing that I uh, have been watching. I've been watching about the life and works of Jane Austen. Very many interesting facts about Jane Austen. One episode is about Lady Susan which wasn't discovered until, like, many, many years, decades after Jane Austen's death. So I'm, like, very into diving into what life was actually like. If you're a fan, if you had to read it in seventh grade and your child has to read it, and so therefore you have to read it again, I don't know. It just, like, makes it all sort of richer, you know, for me, And I'm really thinking about the novels in a new way after um, watching The Life and Works of Jane Austen. That's the one that I'm currently on. I also am interested and I'm probably going to uh, watch this thing that I found just scrolling through called The Brain-Based Guide to Communicating Better. Because you might think that I'm a great communicator and sometimes I am. But also (sighs) – I could do better. Anyway, you guys, I'm just saying this. Explore all of your wonders with Wondrium. Trust us. Your brain is going to love it. Sign up today and get our special limited time offer, a free month trial of unlimited access. Go to wondrium.com best. That's wondriu dot slash best for your free month trial. Wondrium.com slash best. Getting busy with it. Getting busy with it. Getting busy with it. Oh, I'm sad that Casey's not here for this busy one. I have to do the ads myself because, you know, I'm in this trailer and Casey's not here and internet is spotty, guys. And I really could use a busy <laughs> Oh, listen, I know that there are a lot of hard seltzers out there, but you know why we love Vizzy. I love it because you get the option to have something a little extra that makes your choice easier with Vizzy. Vizzy's the first hard seltzer with the antioxidant vitamin C. It brings something unique and delicious to the table. Listen, it's kind of just like me. You know what I mean? I am a bitch that contains multitudes. You know, I care about a lot of different things. And I want to be able to provide a lot of different things to you, our listeners. And Vizzy wants to provide a lot of different things to you, our listeners as well. Um, So why don't you grab yourself a drink that can do both with Vizzy hard seltzer? Um, The first hard seltzer crafted with the antioxidant vitamin C, and you know what it's extracted from because I've said it before, the acerola cherry. It's a super fruit with 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange. Who knew that there was a cherry out there, the acerola cherry, that had 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange? Vizzy knew. Vizzy hard seltzer knew. There are lots of hard seltzers to choose from, but Vizzy has are antioxidant vitamin c so it makes the choice just a little bit easier guys pineapple mango black cherry lime strawberry kiwi blueberry pomegranate papaya passion fruit watermelon strawberry that's my favorite blackberry lemon also a favorite raspberry tangerine also a favorite i don't have a favorite i love them all Uh, In April, Vizzy also launched its own lemonade hard seltzer in four delicious flavors, watermelon, peach, raspberry, and strawberry with the same antioxidant. You know it, vitamin C. So guys, I love Vizzy. It never hurts to add some vitamins and antioxidants into your mix. So enjoy refreshment with Vizzy and with the antioxidant vitamin C. How many times can I say antioxidant vitamin C? Five more? Maybe. With 5% ABV, 100 calories, and less than one gram of real cane sugar per can, every sip of fizzy is more exhilarating than the last. So upgrade your hard seltzer to fizzy. To find out where you can purchase fizzy, go to slash busy. That's fizzy, V, as in Victor. Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y, hardseltzer.com slash busy, like my name, B-U-S-Y. And you will find out where you can go to purchase Vizzy for yourself because you're going to love it. I promise. I promise. You must be 21 and older. Guys, come on. Um. Okay. So moving on from that yes. to the side slide of parenting in the limelight (laughs) and choices that I've made that I'm just repeatedly saying I will not judge others because I'm begging you not to judge me all of you (laughs) all the time and I get it like I fucking get it I don't know how I would feel I'm sure I like this is this is my problem right like that I like I care so deeply about like I I'm like D G A F, and then truly care so deeply, and just I'm imagining like conversations friends of mine are having on vacation, like at a beach. Like, can you believe she? They're letting they're letting their kid like act professionally. Like, I just I don't know if that's happening, but that's just like where my brain goes, you know? Because like pro- it's probably happening, Casey. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Because the <laughs> like. Your worst nightmare is probably happening 100%. But it
1: probably is a topic of conversation for people that know you. I know. But again, like that's about them. That's right. not about you. And by the way, people that know you don't know everything about you. So that's
0: true. let them talk. That's true. And, you know, the people closest in our lives. And, you know, we've, this has been a thing that's like, okay, so. I'm gonna tell like a brief version of yeah, the story tell it. because there's a, there's just like more to to come. But basically, you know, the bird is the bird. I mean, Birdie is Birdie is a really Birdie is a, is a is a dynamic human that has a lot of um, gravitas. Is <laughs> <laughs> a good way to describe the bird. Yeah. Um, shortly after, I'm gonna just tell the whole thing. Yeah, tell it. Okay. Shortly after we moved to New York, I got a call from my agents because a big director of a film – I don't want to name who it is.
1: Yeah, that's okay. okay. And by the way, everybody that, who emailed saying like, "Oh, we hate it when you say you can't say something or whatever." Sometimes you just can't say something for like legal or professional or proprietary right. reasons. So that's why we omit
0: things. But the, but Busy's about to tell you some of the stuff she couldn't I'm, tell you. I'm, I'm spilling so much tea. So just let so the name listen go. Up. So a big a big film director had uh, the casting person that worked with them had reached out inquiring if Birdie was an actor and wanted to audition for a movie that they were going to possibly be making. And that's when Mark and I had this like, what the heck? I don't know. What should we do? And we (laughs) talked to therapists. We talked to each other. And then we talked to Bird and we asked them, we explained the situation and we said, is this something you would want to Like, want to try? Do you want to audition for this thing? And they were like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Let me read it. (laughs) Of course. So, Birdie read this. I printed out the, like, audition scenes. Gave them to Birdie. I said, okay, here's the deal. It has to be done by Monday. Um, No pressure. We have nothing on this. If you want to do it, let us know when you're ready to put it on tape. We'll record you on our iPhones, Send it off. And like two days later on Saturday, Bertie was like, I'm ready to do it. And then as soon as, and Mark, so Mark was filming on the iPhone and I was reading the scenes with Bertie. And as soon as they started to do the lines, like Mark and I kind of like looked at each other and were like, oh, fuck me. Like, eek. Like when you see it, it's yeah. undeniable. The kid is like, very talented. And I had never, you know, we did that music video that Birdie starred in last year. I directed that music video for Sarah Beth. And it's a, like Birdie's so good in it, but it also was like almost like a home video. Like we're like capturing these moments right, of Birdie just right. being Birdie. This was like a whole different thing. And anyway, the point is after many months and many callbacks, Birdie did not get the part. Um, and I was like honestly kind of shocked and then now relieved because with this current job that Birdie's doing, I was like, oh God, I couldn't have done that other, like a right. big movie. Like that's insane. right? I, I'm not set up for that as a stage mom yet. Um, I have to figure it all out first. Okay, so then, so that happened. So then a couple months ago... Oh, then, then my agents tried sending Bertie um, an audition for another thing. And Bertie was like, I don't I don't know what this This is really bad. I don't want to audition for that. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You're passing on the material. I got it. Yeah. Guys, passing on the material is something that, like, when you're starting out as an actor, you never do because you just want to take any job you can get. But it's, like, funny because Bertie doesn't need to take any job like right. they don't need to do this at all so they just were like yeah i don't i don't like this i'm not gonna do it so <clears throat> cut to a couple months ago gloria calderon kellett our dear friend our sweet lovely genius hello anti-glow we Auntie love Clo, you writer director actor i mean producer You know, Gloria did the remake of One Day at a Time that was on Netflix and then what was the other place? Freeform. Yes. And Gloria has a new show that she's doing for Amazon and uh, Gloria DM'd me and was like, hey, I know this is wild and out of the blue. Does Birdie act? And I was like, well, that's a... Interesting question and one that we are trying to wrap our heads around and we're not sure, but tell me why. And Gloria was like, well, we're breaking a story. They were like still in the writer's room. They hadn't started shooting the show yet. We're breaking a story on my new show. And one of our main characters has a non-binary 12-year-old child. And obviously it's really important to me to have representation and to be accurate in our storytelling especially when it comes to, you know, these kinds of sensitive matters where, you know, you can really make an impact on changing the way people think and right. what they know, what they think they know, and then what they might actually learn from watching a fun television show. And so uh, I was just wondering if, you know, not an easy find in the world, like non-binary 12-year-old actor. right professional child actor so uh i was like well you know told gloria the story of the auditions (laughs) 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 of the 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 previous several months of auditioning that birdie had done and uh and i was like so kind of but just let me know when it's closer to the time when you guys are doing casting for it like if you want birdie to audition i can put them on tape they can they can read it you know whatever i'll let you know and so when they got close to the casting of it, uh, whatever, last June, I think it was yeah. Ish. Yeah. yeah, Gloria sent us the scripts and Birdie and I read them together in their little bed. And I was like, so what do you think? Like Gloria would like for you to put yourself on tape for this an audition if you want to try, but you don't have, it's not an offer. You don't have, like, it's not right. You might not get it. You know what I mean? They're going to audition professional people as well. Um, and Birdie was like, yeah, I really like it. I want to do it. It's, it's right. Like it's good. And so we put Birdie on, I put Birdie on tape. It was actually kind of a little bit frazzled because it, it coincided with the last week of school. Right, and I was like Ugh, is, are we even getting this done like I don't know it was a lot um, but managed to get Bird's audition on tape sent it to Gloria and the casting people and then Gloria called me a couple days later two days later and was like "We, everybody's on board we really would love to offer the part to Birdie Silverstein um, wow I know I so know. Excited. It's almost like um, the
1: way you're talking about it is almost like in, um, like in science fiction when people are trying to figure out if their child ha- is like a witch or has superpowers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jack Jack in The Incredibles. I mean, I listen. I talk to a lot of people. It's so funny. We have Heather Monterazo is our guest this week, who as as she says. Um, was an actor who happened to be a child. Um, I I talked with my friend Michelle about this at great length, who also was an actor who happened to be a child when they started. I mean, Michelle, I believe, was. Well, I don't know how old Michelle was when they did Lassie, like a like maybe ten or eleven. Right. I think they were. Tw- I think they were. Ugh, pronouns. I think Michelle was. Uh, 12-ish when she did Species. Did okay. You, do you remember that movie yeah. Species? Yes. She yes. played the young Natasha Henstridge. Yes. The young alien. Anyway, um, so talk to Michelle about it. And like part of also what made me feel, and Mark, who is a part of this <laughs> <laughs> decision and, and, and conversation as well, um, but part of what made us feel so comfortable with this was that I've known Gloria since I was 17. If you read my Instagram post, you know this. We went to college at the same place and I met Gloria when I was there touring the school. Um, Gloria has kids my kids' age and and I just knew that it was going to be – I know the way that Gloria runs her sets and like I knew how – much care and consideration was going to be taken um, in terms of making sure Birdie felt comfortable. And that's not to say like coddled because, I mean, the kid was wrapped at 10 p.m. last night. Right. And it was like a hard day. of Working work. Working like hard, I, yeah. Oh, my God. I said to my friend Abdi this morning, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Abdi. Happy birthday. Um, I said to Abdi this morning, like, Yesterday would have been I like if I it were my day of work, I would have looked at the call sheet and been like, "Oh god, this day is going to be rough. Like it's a, it was a lot yeah. of work." And Gina just farted. Oh lord, Gina. Oh God. I gave I gave Gina too many treats yesterday because she came to set with us. Right. Which I thought was gonna be like fun and um soothing, and instead no. was like incredibly stressful and terrible. Yeah. Except that there was the base camp PA Grace is some sort of dog whisperer, and Gina like fell in love with her, and then Grace was like, just leave her here and you can go to set. But so anyway, so Bird started work and Bird's been working hard. And they're just, I'm so, it's crazy. And at first, like, I wasn't going to set at all because I wanted Birdie to have their own, like, unique experience and not feel any type of way about me, their mom, who is both their mom and also a professional actor in my own right. Right. But they they wanted me. They did not want, sorry, Mark. They didn't want Mark to go. They wanted me. And, but I also was just trying to be very respectful of like birdie having their own experience. Like I was just very, I'm very aware of it. But yesterday afternoon, finally, I was like, I'm so fucking bored in this trailer. I'm almost done with that book. That's amazing. Did you get it yet? I didn't get it yet. I have to get it. No, I'll get it for you. I'm going to get this. I want to give you a gift. Let me buy Aww, this book for you. That's so nice. I'm going to go buy it from an independent bookseller. <laughs> Guys, the book is called No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. It actually was a recommendation from the aforementioned Abdi Nazemian, who also happens to be Bertie's godfather. who also is a great writer. I was about to say, who also happens to be an amazing author him in his own right and whose book, Like a Love Story, is an incredible, it's technically like a YA book, but guys get it. Read it. It's so good. It's yeah. amazing. Um, anyway, Abdi recommended this book, No One is Talking About This, by Patricia Lockwood, And I had tried to read it and I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. I couldn't, I wasn't feeling it. And then someone gave it to Mark for his birthday. I tell this story in the interview. Anyway, my point (laughs) being guys, get the fucking, this book literally changed my brain and it's like changing the way that I'm Thinking about things, and it's it's like so. It's a novel. It's so timely, but it's also set in the future. But it's just like heartbreaking. But it's about everything. It's about it's about it's about humanity. It's about humanity and what we're doing, and how we're living, and how we're moving forward, and how we have maybe a chance. We maybe have a chance right now in this moment. Whew. It sounds incredible. So, I mean, so that's what but, you're doing your best at this wait, week. Yes. Is just being, being like a mom. Being, okay. well, but a special kind of mom. Yes. Wait. So, um, so I did go to set. Yeah. And then it was like fun. And uh, I mean, it was like fun for me, but I also tried to be small, you know? <laughs> I did. I, w- I wanted to be yeah, small. I wanted to like blend in. I didn't yes. want like, you know, I didn't want to be like loud and demanding attention and being like, well, on girls five ever, <laughs> you know, on girls, <laughs> on girls five ever, this is how we do it. Although I did tell a few girls five ever stories, but only like only very, um, with low volume. If and you interest. were asked at- if, well, in regards to like, <laughs> in regards to like COVID protocol stuff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I did have like, I had a conversation with the wardrobe, uh, girl about, um about like how we did the covid protocol stuff whatever i mean yeah i wasn't being obnoxious Shop is talk. What i'm I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that i wasn't being obnoxious i don't think i was being obnoxious <sighs> i think you did it if you're making an effort gloria not- gloria was like at one point was like let me i need to take a picture of you guys i need to take a picture of you and Birdie was standing next to me. I was sitting in a chair behind the monitors with with Gloria and the producers and stuff. I stood up to take the picture and Birdie sat down in the chair. And then and I started like laughing and Gloria took this picture and I showed it to Mark when we got home last night from work and he was like, "Oh my god, that picture says everything your face." <laughs> and I was like, "Ugh, I look old and tired." And he said, "No." You look happy and sad at the same time. Aww. And I was. Like, I'm so, like, I'm so proud, but the part that's hard, oh, no, is just, like, the passage of time. And just, like, you know you have older kids. And yeah. just watching them become the people that you, like, hoped they would yeah. be able to get to, you know. Yeah yeah and it's been that's the other thing too, like I actually don't give a fuck if people judge me because they they act they weren't in this house parenting this right. child for the last, you know they don't know like sometimes a win is just a fucking win, you know yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm really happy for birdie to have that win to like have that feeling yes and to know that like the thing that makes them special and unique is valued yes by people yeah that are fucking cool cool people yeah because yeah. it's and-
1: already talking about things that people don't know it's it's birdie's been on a journey and it's a it's already been a long road yeah, and so this is this is a, a win. That yeah, I can. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying.
0: Um, so I'm so proud of them, and also I hate being on set. It's so <laughs> annoying, and I have to do it. Like we can't trade off now because of COVID. Yeah, and like the testing stuff. So it has to fucking be me. And. It wasn't bad the first day because there was we were like in an area where I could get stuff postmated to me, (laughs) but I'm not allowed to leave and like right. I'm just stuck there, and the set yesterday and today is like so far away that like yes, last night I was like I really just want to get like coffee postmated, and that there's no even there's no postmates, uh, and I don't want to be I don't want to be like demanding like if it were if I were an actor on the show and be like can someone from Transpo or can a PA or something run to Starbucks and grab me a cup I can't do that. Right. It's not my show. Right. I have to be fucking chill. You but gotta I was, tell Birdie to ask for coffee. You guys you can't see my face but I'm giving Casey a <laughs> get the fuck out of here. No I'm I trying to teach you coffees. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to like teach Birdie how to be the best, like be, like best onset etiquette practices. Like for instance, yes. the, at the first day when they got undressed after the, you know, put their regular clothes back on, I was like, Hey, guess what? They're not your mom. You hang up your clothes for the wardrobe people at the end of the day there. Right. It's the end of their day too. They don't need to come in here and hang your fucking clothes up, put them back on the hangers. It makes their life easier. They will do any favor for you in the future. This is like something I learned on Freaks and Geeks from the wardrobe department who were so wonderful to us because we were all kids and we didn't fucking know what we were doing. And I remember my on set wardrobe person being like, I've noticed that you leave your clothes like in a crumpled mess on the floor and that's fine. But what is better as an actor is to like just fold them up for me because then I can just grab them easily as I'm like cleaning all the trailers at the end of the night. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I always do that. A yeah. lot of, you know, it's a, it's a small thing, but it like makes a big difference. No, it makes a big difference. And then when we were, when Birdie was wrapped last night, they still had to continue shooting because, um, you know, Birdie's a kid. And so they were going to use their, um, double who's a grown up, but Birdie's height. Cause Birdie is now guys like five, six. I mean, it's wild. The child is so tall. Anyway. uh, And Bertie had eaten, like, a bunch of snacks. And I had brought one of those, like, mac and cheeses that you make in the microwave. I'm, like, really doing it. Like, I'm really showing up as, like, a mom pr- who's prepared with, <laughs> with, with snacks and stuff. Um, And the stuff was just all sort of, like, sitting on their little cast chair. And I was like, yeah. hey, dude, the PA's are not your garbage people you pick up your shit and you throw it in the trash okay and birdie was like i was like no 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 my friend you pick up your stuff and you throw it in the trash nobody needs to pick up after you on a set so clean your shit up and birdie was like all right fine but i got to watch this scene And it was so good. And you guys, I'm just, I know. It was like, I got like, I like actually got, I know, whatever. Obviously, they're my child. Yes. But it was wild. Like, do you remember Baby Natalie Portman in that movie? I do. What was that movie that Baby Natalie Portman was in?
1: I remember her from The Professional. The Professional. Because but, she also came to Letterman and she was adorable backstage and sweet.
0: Yeah, I don't and think anyone brought cookies. I don't mean to be weird, but uh, Birdie's not like adorable and sweet. Birdie is like intimidating and... Yes. Like sort of um, looms large. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Beautiful Girls. The movie was Beautiful Girls. Remember Beautiful that movie? Girls. Yes. Yes. Birdie like was giving me baby Natalie Portman yesterday on set. Like in the scene that I was watching. Like just this and Todd Grinnell, who plays Birdie's dad on the show. This is crazy. Todd Grinnell's first professional on-camera, like television acting job, was opposite was a guest star opposite me (laughs) on a UPN sitcom called Love Inc. that I did. Yes, and now Todd is playing Bertie's dad on That's this incredible show, or Bertie's playing Todd's kid, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, also meant to be, meant to be. Also, here's one more crazy thing, and then we can stop talking about my experience this week. Um, one of the the second AD Maroni, his name is Mar- or like his last name is Maroni. So he texted me and was like you know, giving me some information, whatever. And then he was like, actually, let's just jump on Let's jump on the phone and I'll like walk you through the thing. This was like two weeks ago. And I got on the phone with him and he's like, telling me this information I needed. And then he was like, also, this is going to sound so strange, but, um, we've actually worked together before you and I, and I was like, Oh, that's funny. i have worked a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's been tw- it's 24 years of my life doing this shit. Um, and he's like, yeah, I was the DGA trainee on Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And you were very pregnant. It couldn't be the same, same kid, wow. right? You guys, I was... My friend Josh Friedman created the um, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show that was on Fox for like two or three years. And when I was pregnant with Birdie, if you read my book... You know, I was like financially having a hard time. I was like just having a hard time, period. Yeah. And Josh was like, what if I wrote like a part for you pregnant on Terminator? Like not not like you nothing huge, just like a couple few episodes and I would love that if you wanted to do that. And I was like, well, when is it going to shoot? And he's like, well, you'll be done by June. Like, you'll be, it'll be fine. I'm, I was due in August <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, that seems, I feel good. Sure. Well, as, as things go, the production like kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. I ended up shooting my last scene five days before I gave birth to Oh Marie. my gosh. Wow. Actually, maybe, yeah, I think it was exactly five days because I think it was like a Friday and then I had Birdie like the following Wednesday. Wow. And if you've seen pictures of me from that show, if you first wa- remember that show, I mean it was 13 years ago, watch that show. My, I'm so pregnant. No one has ever, I'm going to say this. I don't think anyone has ever been as pregnant. <laughs> on camera, on a television show ever than me on that show. Just because I was essentially like already dilated. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, I was in my, I was so, my stomach was so huge that Thomas Decker, who played um, the kid, Sarah Connor's kid. I don't remember the Terminator stuff. Yeah, he's yeah, um, What's What's the kid's name? Is it John Connor? Yes, John Connor. Very good. Um, That he was like 17 or something. He was a kid, I think, or 18 maybe. Um, We were going to set in the golf cart, and he was looking at my stomach, like staring at my stomach, and he's like, so weird. And I was like, I know, right? And he's like, yeah, I mean, normally our effects people are really good, but like that just looks insane. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Wait, what? And he's like, yeah, normally they like really get everything right. But that just is like, that looks gross. (laughs) And I was like, oh, um, I'm actually pregnant. This is my actual pregnant belly. There's a a real baby in there. And he was so horrified. And like (laughs) this poor kid was like panicked. And I'm like, dude, it's totally fine. I get it. It looks insane. It is gross. It is actually disgusting. It is actually gross. Um, so anyway, he – I was like, don't worry about it. But so Maroney was, the, was there, like, take, helping take care of me when I was nine months pregnant with Birdie and then now is here on set with Birdie as an actor. That's wild. So. Full circle. So full crazy. Full circle moment. Well, it sounds
1: like it's just such a wonderful experience. And it sounds like it's really, it's a learning experience for Birdie, but it's like an exercise in perspective for you seeing yes. the other side of something that you've done so much. And, and it's in a really safe environment with Gloria, who's just the best. And I'm just really happy for everybody. That's amazing. So like, that's a really great best. It was really good. Uh, And I do have to say, I mean, on a much smaller scale, uh, it's just, it's really cool to watch your kid be competent at something. Yes. You know, um, hopefully he won't mind that I'm saying this, but my older son, Eli, needed an internship this semester and um, he was having a hard time getting uh, an internship that was remote because they're taken up. Like so many people are, and I was like, well, geez, like we have a production company. Do you want to be an intern? Is that allowed? Are you allowed to be an intern for your mom's company? And so we had to jump through a lot of hoops to prove that he was actually going to be working. So he's been working as our intern on the podcast and other stuff. And I have to say that I was kind of like, oh, like, how's this going to be? Because, you know, you just don't know. You don't know. But it's amazing to see him be so competent, so on his shit And, like, takes it really seriously.
0: He's nailed it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of, you know, it's kind of funny. And I shouldn't have doubted him. I don't think that I doubted him. It's just you wonder, like, oh, what's your relationship? Like, he knows busy and what's his... Yeah. And mom's going to be, like, you know, involved in all of this. But it's truly, like, he's super competent. It's like we just got an intern that was, like, brilliant from outside and uh, I know yeah so it's like a nice thing it's a nice little gift to be able to see your kid like doing their thing and it's been helpful
0: (laughs) 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 it has been
1: yeah so you know much
0: smaller scale than seeing your kid on set but it's it's well it's not it's all that this is what I'm saying like it's all I, I think it's all it's all degrees right and like yeah I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, uh, it's not dissimilar at all. Um, and Eli's been doing so great. Thank you, Eli. Whew. If you're carrying a credit card balance month after month, it feels like you're in a never ending cycle of debt. If you've read my book, you know that I was there once. Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. If you are a person who's currently dreading looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. Debt can feel crippling and produce anxiety and make you want to just hide from it. But don't hide from it call Upstart. Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. So many Americans experienced financial hardship in the last year. Upstart can help you regain your footing and get things back on track. It's the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and they are expanding access to affordable credit Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and your current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You take a five-minute online rate check so you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash best. That's upstart.com. Dot com slash best. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you so we get credit. Loan amounts are going to be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash best. Guys, I'm doing this. I'm not even kidding. I haven't done it yet, but I'm so excited Uh, I didn't even know about this until they offered to advertise on our podcast, and I am literally doing it today. How many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds or thousands of dollars long after you forget to cancel them? I can't even tell you how many I bet I have. So you can fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is a new app. It helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or like me, forgot about. Like I forget about things that I sign up for all the time. On average, people save like up to $720 a year with Truebill just because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel. So Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Like, have you ever tried to get out of a subscription and then at the end of it, you're like, this is exhausting. I'm just going to keep it. No more. Your Truebill concierge is going to be the one that helps you out. Um, I'm Definitely doing this in the next two days. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Come on, listen to this. This girl, Jennifer B, says, With your help, our family has saved $587 a year on unnecessary subscriptions. I really didn't understand how Truebill could help me until we decided to save for a very large home purchase. I'm not kidding. I'm doing this right now. I am sure that I'm going to find out that I've been signed up for a billion things. <laughs> Truebill is going to be like, the most money we've ever <laughs> saved someone was busy Phillips. do <laughs> Don't fall for subscription scams. Get out of it. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash best. Go right now. Truebill.com slash best. It could literally save you hundreds a year. Truebill.com slash best. Guys, thanks for understanding last week when we had to take a week off. Yes. Um,
1: just yeah, a that's lot. What- <laughs> That's what I was doing my best at, yeah. um, just like getting through it. And so kind of most of you know, I think that Busy is the one that called it and said, let's not do the podcast this week. Because I think she knows I would have been in some kind of state being like, no, we just have to, we have to. Keep doing it. But we had a medical emergency in my family, which was that my younger son, Lincoln, very suddenly out of the blue had a really serious, violent seizure, Um, which was the scariest thing that I've ever seen in my life. My heart goes out to anyone that's ever even seen one. Never mind. See someone that you love going through that. Um, and it was a really long one, which is why it was, um, sort of on, on the alarming side. And so yeah, ambulances, hospitals, rushing places. It happened Sunday, right? It was on a, yeah, it was like last Sunday and, um, yeah, I just, it was, it was the scariest thing. I just didn't, wasn't ready for that. You, not that you ever can be ready for that. <laughs> no, no. Um, and and so, yeah, so it's just been uh, some days of like tests and the tests are ongoing. We're trying to figure it out. But Lincoln sort of talked about it on Instagram and um, I shared about it on Instagram too just because that's like... In this day and age, that's the easiest way to get out information about like why people haven't seen you around or whatever, like what's going on with you. And people were so, so kind people, you know, our friends were so kind Busy, dropped everything to try to help us find doctors. Our friend Simran, also same thing, was emailing like heads of neurological departments who are on vacation in Greece. I just, guys, Greece. everybody
0: needs to get a Simran in their life because yes. my friend Simran, in a crisis, there's no one fucking better. She that will not lady, rest until no, it is solved. It's insane. Like, like truly... I was with Simran in uh, South Carolina when I got Casey's text. Actually, Simran and I were in the car together when I got your text, Ugh. and I was like, "Oh god, oh god!" And I started to kind of panic, and then I yeah. was writing you back. And then Simran was like, "What do you need? What do we need to do? Tell me what I'm doing." And I was, I'm like, "Oh," uh, uh. she's like, "I know, I know every doctor in every state and every place." I was like, "Okay, okay, yes, let's just well, let's just take a breath, and then we're gonna see what's I don't even know." At that point, we didn't like literally had no information. So I was like, it's just.
1: It was really hard because he was <sighs> really taken to scary. the he was taken to the emergency room and because he's like technically very recently an adult, they took him back on his own and we weren't allowed to be there with him and so we were you know because of COVID and and everything and so we were just hanging out and then you're like aven- he's seventeen yeah exactly and it doesn't help that he looks like a man you know he looks yeah, like yeah, he's an adult yeah. man that which should he be- has
0: looked like since. Since he was like, yeah, since he was like 13, people are always
1: like, people have, I've said it on the podcast before. People have asked before, like if he's my date or, you know, to something like (laughs) because of how adult he looks. But yeah. So anyway, and also shout out to my friend. Hi, Cricks. Shout out. (laughs) Cricket just came in. To try to help. Okay. Adorbs. Shout out to Bette Midler, who was like, Elizabeth Berkeley's brother is a well respected neurologist at Cedar Sinai. Let me get you his number. Uh, you know, just everybody was really, really helpful and everybody was really kind. And our friends, Ashley Nicole Black and Chelsea Devantes and Yasser Lester, just truly like, three extra parents to Lincoln um in addition to you and Simran during this time and um yeah and and I was kind of you know it's just like we're trying to figure it out we're trying to figure out what happened and it's a lot of tests and it's not pleasant and trying to like let him live his life but also keep an eye on him while you know Yeah. You know, everybody knows how this stuff goes, but it's hard. You're 19 and he was, he was supposed to take his driving test. And that's, that's, it's such a fucking bummer. Just like everything in his life. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. (laughs)
0: Like, like this kid, first of all, no prom, no graduation, no freshman year of college, like no living on his own Like, none of it because of COVID. And then he's literally about to take his driving test and has a massive seizure and is, like, I mean, not literally about to, but, like, that week. It It was was scheduled for later. Yeah, yeah. It was scheduled for, like, Wednesday, and Lincoln had the seizure on Yeah, and now, like,
1: if if he's, like, in the shower for, like, two minutes longer than usual, he has mom knocking on the door,
0: making sure. He's like, I just
1: i am trying to, you know...
0: (laughs) have a minute have a minute mom
1: <laughs> Jesus uh but, he, he, but uh, I will say it for it to happen to anyone it not that it's like a good that it happened to him but he just has the right temperament to do deal like he has he has the
0: right temperament to deal with anything yeah
1: he just he's been supportive to us and he's been
0: so understanding sweetest fucking kid i can't yeah i'm obsessed with him
1: he's he's been really wonderful and um also like hilarious sense of humor when he started to be it took him a while to like come around after and that was scary too because we were waiting to see like well what's what's there and is anything missing, you know? Um, And so Mm. when he finally came back around and then he just started to be funny... And uh, that was that was a huge relief. But we're figuring it out. Also, our friend Dr. Seema has been really wonderful. Just She always makes sure that you know what to ask. And that is a huge privilege. And I feel so lucky. And I asked Lincoln if it was okay to talk about this. And he said, yes, it's okay to talk about it. He does want everyone to know that he didn't pee his pants or poop his pants. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But he said that's what he'd be curious to know. Oh, and, my God. Uh, you know he he feels very lucky that that wasn't part of the equation
0: that day. That day. I saw, a, I we had once on um I used to, I told you this, but there is literally nothing scarier than yeah. seeing someone who have a seizure. And I one time, uh, we were doing rehearsal for a thrilling adventure hour in in Ben's house, yeah. Ben and Julie's house, and one yeah. of the actors had never had a seizure before and oh had uh one of like what you were describing and it is it is it is very terrifying it's terrifying
1: yes. yeah he doesn't uh, remember anything, thank goodness. He right. doesn't even, he doesn't, like, even leading up to it, he doesn't remember. And really after, he just remembers waking up with the EMTs, and we were asking him if he knew his name, mm-hmm. and he was, like, salty as ever when we were like, do you know your name? And he was like, no. Like, really, like, annoyed that we do you know what year it is? No, I don't know that. Like, stop asking me questions. Wow. Um, But you know, everyone was so great. The 911 operator <laughs> was so great and the the EMTs were so great. Everyone at the hospital, the EMTs recommended the hospital to take him to because we're, you know, we're kind of new and that's a, that's a tip if you're moving somewhere on the first day, ask somebody what's the best hospital around and yeah. just make a mental note of it because that is something that we didn't do and so when they asked us which hospital we wanted to go to, we had nothing and so So, you know, we relied on this EMT saying if it was my kid, I'd take them here. So that's where we went. And we were really lucky because it was a great hospital.
0: I have to say this too. This is just a helpful hint that like I didn't know. Because I know we do have a lot of like parents and younger parents. Yeah. Guys, get the name of a pediatric – well, if you you have kids. Get the name of like a pediatric plastic surgeon and put it in your phone. Yes. Because if your kid busts their face open – and you go to the emergency room, you're going to want to call somebody <laughs> to stitch their face up who's not a resident. Right, right. Because they're just, <laughs> they're just doing field work. They're just like learning how it. to, how to yeah. stitch. <laughs> yeah. But it, that have- never occurred to me until uh, our friend's daughter like took a real bad fall at a play right. date and like, yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. And they have a lot
1: of people to stitch up too. So, you know. So they'd probably be grateful to have you bring in your own person to work slowly and carefully. But yeah. And now we're just um, you know, we're just we're going for an MRI at 10 PM Friday night. Weird. I didn't know they had. Why is at it 10- 10 PM? I have no idea. I'm like, is it like a disco bar MRI? Like what is happening?
0: Which one 10- is an MRI? Is that the one where you're in the thing and it goes Yes, in the tube.
1: The unpleasant
0: – Is yeah, he going to take a – like a – can he take something? Like
1: – We'll see. Probably not, actually, because he's off of seizure medication because they want to see if he has another seizure, which – So he can't
0: – I mean, because, like, you, sometimes they let you take, like, Xanax or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. He's, so, no, he's
1: not supposed to drink, and they, they said no drinking oh. and no drugs, which – Um, you know, so I feel like, I don't know, we'll have, I will definitely check into it. And, um, yeah. And it's so weird because we've been just, we, you know, we just kind of like check in every day and every day he has like a new bruise from the incident. There's still, he popped up with like a black eye and like a huge bruise on his arm from when he fell. He has a raspberry on his forehead. But also what I've been noticing is that my husband and I are also covered in bruises. So it must've been just, you know, We must have been running into things and just, you know. And he's also bigger than both of us. So that was like, that was part of, and our house is entirely made of glass. So to have like a six foot two teenager having a seizure in a literal glass house is like, Mm. it's a very, a very weird and scary situation but he's doing great and he's so grateful to everyone who listens to the podcast who left him notes on Instagram and everything just nice notes and and helpful tips from from people that have had seizures in the past really sweet well
0: you know that we love you so much and we love that kid so much and any of us would do anything to like make sure that he's good yeah. And, like, I said to you, you're like, well, we'll just have to find a doctor that, like, takes, the in- takes our insurance and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we're just going to have to find the best <laughs> fucking doctor that exists. And that's who Lincoln's going to. And we yes. will worry about how we pay for it later. And Casey's like, that's not how life works, business. And I was like, it is now. Well, I really You have a viral it. moment. Maybe you can trade that with the neurologist. Do you know who I am? I'm the I'm the woman that thought about that video. Oh my God, by the way, this really ties back into that book I'm reading. You really gotta read this fucking book. I'm telling you. I'm excited to read it. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna give it to you this weekend. I'm gonna see okay. you guys. Can we see each other this weekend? Yeah, of course. I guess I realize it's only right now, Tuesday, when you guys are listening, this will be Wednesday, but I'm I'm working all week with my child. Yes. I'm at work well, all week. It's so. my
1: husband's birthday on Sunday. So Ooh, what have, are you guys doing? Um, I'm gonna take him to the restaurant jar. He doesn't maybe he's just finding out now as a surprise, because he has driven me, he's wanted to go to that restaurant in Los Angeles jar for the longest time. He's never had opportunity to go, but the amount of times he's dropped me off there to have dinner with someone else feels rude. Feels rude. Feels rude. So we're finally going to go to Jar. Mm -hmm. So if you want to
0: come eat a pork chop at Jar, you're welcome to join. I we I love Jar. (laughs) I don't like the I I don't know about the pork chop there, but I do know about the pot roast. The pot roast is like such. It's like iconic. The pot roast is iconic. (laughs)
1: <laughs> everything there is so delicious and last time I went there with Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline and our friend Janie Haddad yes yes I really wanted the celery soup and they kind of made fun of me like that was like an old lady starter fucking but then delicious the chef came out to talk to jo- Josh Mankiewicz because of course because he's like the mayor of JAR and uh, she was like the celery soup is amazing and it's the correct choice and so I got everything's delicious there
0: yeah and everybody just had to had to watch you eat it and wish (laughs) and they and they and they had made fun and so they couldn't ask for taste and that was on them there you go there you go um well listen i don't have too much time because i really do got to get on the road but uh should we get to our should we get to our interview Yes. Is anyone else doing their best this week? I don't know. The Olympics are happening. I'm doing the Olympic, I'm doing this like Olympic coverage for social media for Peacock, which is kind of fun. I have to do it today. Um, That sounds fun. There's a, there's a lot happening in terms, (laughs) I'm like, there's a lot happening in terms of reproductive rights in this country right now, which is guys, please keep paying attention to it. And like, yeah. And just, I, I, I can't, I, I, I don't, I, it's so hard. I'm so, how about this? How about instead of
1: us telling you what you should do, why don't you find us on Instagram? We'll put up a post. You tell us what you're doing. Tell us what you're looking into in your area in terms of reproductive rights. Tell us what calls you're making. Give yourself a shout out for the work that you're doing. Yes, please. You know, and then maybe people can see what you're doing and take a page from you. Because we all need to be working together on this. We can't leave it, even though all our lives are just wild right now. We can't. And again,
0: go back to the book, guys. Just read that book. (laughs) It's all in there. It's all That's in there. I need to like, maybe I'm like obsessed with this book. Yeah. Patricia Lockwood. I don't even know who the la- who this lady is. Maybe you I need don't to know con- who she is. connect with her. I am um, truly obsessed with this fucking book. Yeah. Obsessed. Maybe, maybe you I should. Do, yeah. Should I look her up? I haven't even yeah. looked her up. I don't know why. I'm just like so into it. Yeah. Look her up <sighs> and maybe we can do something
1: exciting with her. But anyway, speaking of that okay. book, we should get to our guest. Yes, um, let's get to our guest. It's a nice long interview. We felt bad for leaving you in the cold last week. So this is some long shit. With uh, It's long. T- talking but- with my friend Heather Materazzo, who My new is friend. A- Busy's new friend. I was so happy to get to introduce y- you two to each other because I know you love each other. Um, you know, Heather... Uh, as an actor who happened to be a child as she tells us um in welcome to the dollhouse the mm-hmm. this groundbreaking indie film um from back when we were kids uh you also might know her from Roseanne. You definitely know her from the Princess Diaries movie. Oh, for sure. 100%. For sure. And, um, you know, just before we get to her interview, again, like a trigger warning, we talk about some really serious issues in this interview. Um So trigger warning for suicide, suicidal ideation, um, abuse, abusive situations, uh, that have to do with children, but she does it all with a lot of style (sighs) and humor. And she's just, um, she's a special unicorn, Heather. She really is. Let's listen to
2: it.
0: listening to this show for a minute, which by the way, we almost have 50 episodes, which is pretty impressive. You've probably heard us talk about our Helix mattresses, <laughs> which we're obsessed with. Dude, we love them. You know we love them. But that's why I'm excited to tell you, listen to this. Helix has left the bedroom and started making sofas. That's right. They just launched a new company called Allform, and they are already making the best sofas in the game. So what makes an All Form sofa... So good, for starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. You pick your fabric and it's spill, stain, and scratch resistant. The sofa color, the color of the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. They also have armchairs and love seats, all the way up to an eight-seat sectional. So literally, there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and buy more seats later if you want your all-form sofa to grow and change with you when you move. They're also delivered directly to your home with fast, free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks or months to arrive and you would need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All form takes no time to arrive and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes, no tools needed. So we got an all form uh, chair and I'm sort of obsessed with it. It's super comfortable. I feel the same way about it that I feel about my Helix mattress. Um, It's like very, you know, adult. And I am promising that little chair that it's not just going to be where my, my <laughs> dirty clothes end up. It's too comfortable to just be the, the chair for the clothes. Anyway, if getting a sofa without trying it out in the store sounds a little risky, don't worry. Because, my friends, you're going to get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they will pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They even offer a forever warranty. Literally forever. I think that's the longest you can do. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash best. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash best. That's allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M dot com slash best. Next time you're um, at the gym or at yoga or just like getting a juice, whatever, and somebody says that your outfit is trashy, I think you should say thank you because girlfriend collective that you'll be wearing (laughs) turns old plastic bottles, fishing nets, and other waste into clothing that you're never going to want to throw away. I love these workout clothes. I've been wearing them for years. You guys know this. When they started advertising on this pod a couple of weeks ago, I told you I have been wearing girlfriend collective for years to my workouts. They're amazing. I love that they're high-waisted. They like, you know, hit the right spots. They make me feel like confident in the gym. I'm not afraid that like that seam is going to sp- you know like you know what I'm talking about with some of those yoga pants. You know, where you're like can you just see my butt? You can't. They're so good. And when you feel confident, you feel like you can do it all. And I mean, who says you can't? So, you know, if you're in the gym or you're running or you're biking or doing yoga or sitting on your couch, Girlfriend Collective has clothes that will make you feel your best no matter what. It's sustainable, ethically made, active wear for everyone. They make super cute and comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tanks, tees, swimsuits, and more. And their sizing is inclusive. Ranging from extra, extra small to 6XL. That's right. Girlfriend Collective is the best. So, whether you're working out, running errands, doing nothing, Girlfriend Collective has functional fabrics, colors, and styles for all activities. Their best selling leggings are squat proof, come with pockets, have different levels of support, whether you need compression or comfort. I personally like compression, that is my vibe. And they use recycled materials to make their clothing and their shipping is 100% recyclable. And, and Girlfriend Collective also now has a garment take back program called ReGirlfriend. So once you're done loving your pieces, which will be forever from now, of course, you can send them back to be upcycled into new Girlfriend gear. How cool is that? Join the collective today. So for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering first-time customers $25 off purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash best. That's $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash best. Girlfriend.com slash best. Um, okay, Heather Matarazzo, this Busy is like a real format. this is a real dream for me. <laughs> I, have we ever have we ever met in IRL? I don't feel like we have, but maybe we have. No, I don't, I don't think we think have. We have. I just like we came up of age in Hollywood at the same time, and I just always thought you were the fucking coolest and the most talented, and was like always so in like you know, in that way that only you could be when you're like 19 years old, like jealous of you and like, <laughs> <laughs> swear to God. And I just like always, I don't know. I just am such a huge fan. And I know I, you know, I followed you for years. Anyway, I'm very excited to talk to you.
3: I, I, I receive that and I say, um, thank you. I'm equally fangirling just <laughs> as hard um, though I'm trying to keep, uh, the external volume lower than the internal volume, which is <laughs> screaming right now. Um, <laughs> as you can tell through my shaky voice, um, yeah, I, I think you're fucking awesome. Are we allowed to curse on here? Is yes. That all? Curse okay. all you please. want. Please
0: please do. Okay.
3: Yeah. I think you're fucking awesome. I'm so nice. glad that we're getting to do this. And, um, I have like so many questions for you. Including oh, mosh wow pits and broken legs.
0: <gasps> and- <laughs> I have lots I have lots of stories. Oh, lots my goodness. of things.
1: Oh my I, goodness. And Heather and I have known each other. We've been friendly since she was a child and I was a child like adult.
0: <laughs> where No, wait, where did you guys meet? Explain I explain to our audience where the two of you met. Was it at Rosie? Yeah, we met at the
1: Rosie O'Donnell show when Heather was a child actor. You were probably a teenager, to
3: be no. I think I was. I mean, well, let's see. The first time I did it was for, I think, a test show, and it was me and Susan Lucci. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Wait, you did a test show for Rosie, right? Yeah, I think because it wasn't it wasn't show. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the actual pilot. Right.
1: We yeah we didn't do a pilot really we yeah. just did a it went right to series and but we did like a week of shakedown shows to practice yeah.
0: oh yeah. we didn't do that on our show we didn't have the, the f- we could barely book guests for the <laughs> we show we didn't have the funds we didn't we did not have the funds <laughs> to pay people for to wait do but that's a week so wild shows so that was probably but welcome to the dollhouse had come had come out or yes is that yeah yes
3: yes because I think I did it uh, when I was. 13, right? And yeah. then I did it again when I was, I think, sixteen. Yes. Um, and then I brought Rosie Entemans. I think actually both times because yeah. my dad worked for Entamans Bakery, which was a <laughs> bakery like an, East Coast do, staple. Do we
1: have yeah, I was gonna say we don't have Entemens on the
3: West Coast. We do, but it's yeah, subpar. we do.
0: We okay. do. I you know, you guys, I loved Enteman's um, chocolate covered donuts. Oh yeah. yes. And what? the powdered covered. They're big ones. They're yes, big. The powdered in the white donuts. package. With, and I think yes, you yeah. you
1: brought the chocolate chip cookies, Heather, to Rosie.
0: I brought a whole
3: fucking box <laughs> of stuff. Like I brought like an eight pound box of goodies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I mean
1: entomans—you can't argue with that. But yeah, I remember I was—I think I was telling you this, busy. It was like in the '90s, and hard candy, the cosmetic brand, sure, had started I to that. make like offbeat colors for the offbeat woman. And so you know, this is. Young people, there was a time when blue and green nail polish didn't really exist. It was No, you there know, was there were you had well you had
0: two you had two choices. You had Wet n Wild black that yes. w- was only for Halloween, but then at a certain point it was like year-round, but you couldn't always find it at every drugstore, and Wet n Wild also had a very dark blue that I think was like a Halloween, but that was it. Okay. You could like if you wanted an alternative nail color in the 90s yes. kids, you had <laughs> <laughs> no choice you're just yeah, until, not a lot
1: of choices until Hard Candy hard and candy. Urban
0: Decay followed yes. closely
1: on the right. heels. But Hard Candy had, you know, you could get any color. I remember I was very fond of this blue that looked like it was like blue mixed with vomit and oil. Um, and I had that I had some type of hard candy blue nail polish on, and Heather came over and was like, I love your nail polish. <laughs> and I was like, I love this kid. I'm so happy she's talking to me. Um because all also, that was a time where people, I think, would kind of think you were maybe a little weird wearing blue nail polish in a professional setting. So right. that's
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, we first, Isn't that funny.
1: <laughs> we first bonded over um, blue nail polish, I think, in the 1990s, and then yeah. and then um, sort of lost Correct. track. Yeah, it sort of lost track of each other because uh, there was no social media and the internet even, like, barely existed. Yeah, and people didn't even yeah. hardly email or whatever so you'd have to like call people but then we ran into each other i'll let the heather tell it uh, in chinatown
3: Uh, yeah we were just i think it was raining yes right it was raining and we were trying to get free of the deluge of rain that was coming down and then all of a sudden i don't know if the rat was trying to commit suicide (laughs) and failed um but all of a sudden uh there was a bump, and then a rat just dropped in front of my feet and your oh. feet, and then we just looked up at each other, and we're like, oh, hi.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: my like, God. Between us, like a big rat just did like a dramatic drop from the New York City sky. Because-
0: That's a real New York moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but called our attention to each other, and then we were like, yeah. oh, hi. It's
3: you. Did you just see that? That was so weird. <laughs> and then we went on our merry ways, not to <laughs> see each other again until Twitter. Until Twitter. But then yeah.
1: when we picked up Twitter, we were like, "Oh my God, it's you! It's you! I remember you!" So it yeah. was. It's like um, it's almost like we went to camp together twice. Yeah. <laughs>
3: very very strange camp, but camp nonetheless. <laughs> and now we're
0: neighbors. Yes, we are, which I love. Which I so nice. Um, I love that. I love like the people in your life that sort of exist on the periphery for many years and then they get to have a different um, billing yes. in your life as you move forward. They get they get upgraded. Their roles get upgraded. Sometimes well, they become series regulars. You don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Heather, tell me if you agree, but I feel like if someone keeps coming into your life and like you're having like an exchange or whatever that's memorable mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. I think you sort of like owe it to yourself to like acknowledge that that person like keeps coming into your, into your sphere for some reason and that you should, you know, it, you should um, investigate what that's about.
3: Yeah, it that's been a very slow slog for me. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> in terms of uh getting to receive people in my life in a greater way as I get older um and and feeling worthy of that yeah. uh connection yeah. and and relationship because that's the thing that's strange I think especially you know, in the industry that we're in where you formulate these very, very, very hyper intimate relationships uh, for a finite period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you go off and you do your thing. And, uh, <clears throat> and I know for me, uh, the experience of becoming – of, of, of getting to learn about myself and g- getting to grow with myself and getting to uh, slowly um, take off the heavy coat of shame and self loathing and regret.
0: <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that coat weighs a ton. Oh, it, it's, 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 that's, yeah, it's why I
3: slouch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it's hot here in Los Angeles, yeah, you yeah. can't wear that coat, you gotta get rid
3: of it, yeah, but it but it also has allowed me now, as I've gotten to get older and uh mature for lack of a better word i there's a deeper uh season within the relationships that I have now mm-hmm. that started back then, right. and i I don't know that I would have been able to hear. Back then, oh, there's a reason that this person is leaving your life right now. And it doesn't mean that it's forever. And they will come back around. And it's totally okay. And even
0: if they don't... That's totally okay. That's totally okay. Did you have a hard time as essentially a child... I mean, a child actor letting go of parts and letting go of people?
3: I mean, I... I'm not a fan of that word, child actor. I think there's a difference between being a child <laughs> actor and an actor who happens to be a child. Okay,
0: so that's okay. I actually I actually really agree with you. Um, obviously, for many reasons, <laughs> um, but I've never heard it put that way before. So yeah. w- from now on, I will. Uh, that's like in my in my system. Yeah, you were you were an actor who happened to be. A child. Same with my friend Michelle yeah. Williams, was an actor who happened to be a child. Yeah. Um And kind of me. I mean, I was a late you, teenager. You were again, yeah. a late teen. Yeah. <laughs> You're still, yes. 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 I was still, a, I mean, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh my God, I was a child. Yeah. Um but was that like how do Okay wait first of all okay I have so many questions. Okay, okay. first of all I am curious yeah. you're from Long Island, right? You're yes. from New York. Yes. And your father worked at Intimans? Yes. And your yes. mom, what did your mom do?
3: Um she she took care of me, domestic, I guess, for domestic
0: labor. Valid. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. And at one at what point were was it clear that you wanted, and they allowed and or encouraged or whatever? How did the acting professionally happen at such a young age? And how old were you when you actually started like auditioning? Were you doing like New York? I was seven. Stuff? I That's was seven years old.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> That's wild. Well, to to keep uh, a. <laughs> I guess it's that thing of it's, it's important to start with the foundation. Um, Always. So very long story short, um, I was put into foster care when I was two, mm-hmm. and I was adopted when I was five. And so the foster family, the second foster family that I was placed with, uh, the Matarazos, that became my adoptive family. Um, <clears throat> when I came to them, I didn't speak – and I made no facial expressions for well over a year. Oh my god! And they thought that I was autistic, mm-hmm. and that very well may be the case.
0: I was going to say, um, <laughs> do you feel like you're autistic? I mean, that or, or have it, but autism? Have autism? Well, I guess that there's I uh,
3: this idea that I that the idea of of uh, neuro being neurotypical versus neurodivergent. I. I None of us are neurotypical. We're, we're all just fucking neurotic messes doing the best that we fucking can totally, with the tools right. that we have. Um, and so the reason that I bring up the foundation of that story is that I remember very specifically watching Madonna's Like a Virgin tour on VHS, mm-hmm. which is video cassette tape <laughs> for those of you that don't know and I pointed to the screen and I said, I do that. And those were some of my first words.
0: And it wasn't,
3: I want to, it wasn't one day. It was, I do that. And cut to, I'm seven years old. I'm a dancer. I'm part of this dance company. And there was this little sprite of a woman named Martha Meredith, and we're in the middle of tech rehearsal. We're doing a benefit for children with AIDS, and she's just like this—just, <laughs> just hands in her head, um, or head in her hands, more appropriately. Come on. Um, and everybody was kind of uh, chattering negatively, and there was a microphone on the floor, and I went and I picked it up. And I essentially told everyone off and (laughs) was like, we're doing this for a good cause. Why are you guys complaining? If you don't want to be here, go home. Otherwise, buck up. And there was a woman that had been hired uh, from New York City to come out and perform. And she saw this little seven-year-old child uh, taking this action And asked me if I wanted to be an actor. And then she gave my mom uh, the card of her manager. And I don't know if it was that the manager ended up calling my mom, which I think is most likely the case. Because my mom was not the kind of person that would uh, willingly uh, suss something out (laughs) like this. Because it would interfere with a trip to Marshall's.
0: I love Marshall's. Yeah, there's (laughs) nothing wrong with Marshall's.
1: But so then this manager calls and is like...
3: And yeah, and I I, I just, I, I went in, I meet with her, and then I went on my first audition and booked it, and then went on my next audition and booked it. And um, and then I got a dollhouse when I was 11, and that, as you know, uh, completely, in one degree or another, changed my life.
0: It, it changed was- everything. Every It changed everything. Yeah. It was like... It was so, oh God, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I remember it just being like so fucking stunning and like I had never seen what felt like a real person, like a real kid. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying, Casey? Yes, like, no, it was yes. just, like, everything had been this sort of, like, Beverly Hills 90210 version of life that had been, like, projected back to us. And that was the first time I remember feeling like, oh, that's, this is, even more so, did it come out at the same time as kids? Was kids right before it? I kids? think kids might have been, like, a year before it. Before it, right. Yeah. Yeah. But even more so to me than kids because, yeah. I don't know, kids... Made my my skin crawl a little bit, like a little as bit. It-, it
1: was. Kids wasn't for everyone, but Welcome to the Dollhouse really just like blew up everyone's idea of like what kids could be and do, and just yeah. At the time, I mean, I watched it so many times; it was so good. Don Weener is Ugh, like Wiener. such an iconic character, and like it really brought me back. To like Christy McNichol, like my aunts were big, like Christy McNichol, Tatum O'Neill fans and, you know, and just that they were real people like inside of those characters. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of brought me back in a way to that. But then also it just like rocketed off in this other direction that was like so much more real and like hyper real and very Mm -hmm. relatable to my life as a as a kid that really like got me in the guts you know
0: yay (laughs) (laughs) anyway good job no but I mean it's so weird like uh I'm curious when you auditioned for it like had you read the script had your parents read the script like how, do you, I, how does that I, happen when you're 11?
3: I mean, I originally, so I was just coming off a three-month run of playing Helen Keller uh, in, a, in, a, in Rochester, New York, at Jiva Theater. And the day I had the audition for what was then called Middle Child, uh, I think the next day, and it was originally for another role. And so I mm-hmm. went in, I met with Ann Goulder and Todd, and he then asked me to stay and read for another role, which was Dawn. And then I think I came back one more time. I got the offer. The script was uh, sent. There was an original rape scene in that script. Oh, my God. That wow. then ended up getting cut. Um, <clears throat> and for me, I, I, I've always been a voracious reader, i I love to read. I I I I'm obsessed with books and story. Mm-hmm. And so when I would read scripts, it either and I'm I'm curious if you have the same experience. It 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 either feels right or it doesn't. A hundred percent. It either feels like oh yes, I, yeah yeah I I I get this. I get yep yep okay.
0: Heather, I have a weird thing, which is I have a like. I feel like you probably have this too. Hmm. I have a crazy memorization gift. I'm like very, I, I, I can memorize great, like a lot of stuff very easily, but only, only if I have that thing where I connect to it. If it's not, if it's not, if it's not there, I'm like, I can't, I, don't I, the line. I can't remember. I can't uh, uh. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Nobody fucking gets this or understands this. Yeah. If it's in you, it's fucking in you. And it's like so easy to memorize it. It's a breeze. And if it's not in you and it's like sort of forced or whatever, and I've done those jobs too, I'm Mm -hmm. just like, huh? What is it? What's the fucking line? What am I doing? What is happening? Because it's just not inside my body, my brain, my person. Like, I'm just like, what? It sounds like you guys
1: are describing the state of flow that people talk about when they're, you know, creative flow, creative flow, which, you know, for musicians, like, I think people think like, oh, they've memorized all this music, but it's almost like... Half memorization, but half that your body just knows what to do. Yeah. It's just in you. But that just young people do that is wild to me because it's like instinctual, I guess, but also you're like, How many instincts
0: do you have at that age? That's incredible. You I have mean, all of them. I guess yeah, I guess.
1: I guess. <laughs>
3: That's yeah. the point.
0: Maybe yeah. we, like, talk ourselves out of the instincts as we
3: get older. True. Like, well, yeah, in order to fit into society and uh-huh. be liked and whatnot. I think
0: I, like, had a moment, like, my mid, like, in my 20s where I sort of lost the plot, like, lost. I really <laughs> do. Like, I was just, like, I don't know. what the, You know, I didn't, I was adrift yeah. in terms of, like, my instinct. Couldn't, couldn't tap in. Couldn't, like, get it. Interesting. But, huh. Yeah. Huh. Then... It came back for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was able
1: to get it back. (laughs)
0: So So what did that do to your life? Yeah. Being in that movie.
3: I mean, that's a hard, it's a, it's a hard question to answer in the space of, um, because I've, uh, this has been the only life that I've had, um, that I can remember at least. Uh, and so I, I really don't know anything else. I, I'm, I'm okay. Take a second, chill out. I came from a place. There's something that that I've been I've been meditating on recently. Of being an adoptee, I think has this special thing, and that might not even be the right word. Where uh there is a lack of identity because you don't know yes. what your first chapter is, you don't know where you've come from, you don't know who your parents are, you don't know uh where does my love for jazz music come from, or where does my love for gardening come from? Like it's it's it it's mysterious and it's foreign and, and so I I I call it almost like being a, a rootless wanderer. And so when I started working, it gave me an identity. I'm an actor. That's what I do, and I I get to put on all of these different masks that intuitively feel right, and I can give you exactly what you want. Yeah. Uh, Which in in one way is incredible. It's 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 an incredible fucking gift. Um, because you're able to disappear into the roles that you play. And on the other hand, i when I was home, it felt like I was in a prison. and the that when I got to work, i I, I got to be free. And so now, looking back at that experience, I was just really trying to, Uh, survive and when you have people in an industry like this especially when they're telling a young child um, especially one that uh, uh, so uh, intrinsically feels unworthy of even being alive uh, that you're you're special and that you're uh, incredible and, and you're so talented and we love you and we want you that uh that does something to an ego. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, even even if like, yeah, it 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 does something, and I I I had to go. I think uh, through that underworld journey of of getting to look at those parts of self that um, I I wasn't necessarily that fond of. And getting to have that experience of of forgiving self for what I did not know at the time and uh demonstrating uh compassion and whatnot. Cause I was I, I was worse than some and I was better than others, if that makes sense. But the yeah. truth is is that I think I spent a long time trying to prove that I wasn't Don Wiener mm. in the space of because If you're being told that you're ugly when you're 13 and that you're unattractive and whatnot and blah, 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 blah,
0: there's something that happens with – I'm going to show you. Yeah. I was was actually curious about that because that to me feels like – I mean even when we were on Freaks and Geeks, there were like articles like, you won't find any pretty people here. And I remember being like, I know I'm fucking hot. So (laughs) this is weird. You know what I mean? But I can't imagine – some of the narrative of what that movie was, and then and to be thir- thirteen, I have a thirteen year old. Like I feel that deeply. That must have been hard. Uh, well, it's that it it's that like weird fusion, right? It's like on one
3: hand I'm being told that I'm incredible, and on the other hand I'm being told that I'm ugly, right? So it's it's. It's that weird kind of push and pull. And with that too, I my heart breaks for that child.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I have a deep love for that sweet little baby that didn't really know. Um, and really that... I ignored for such a long time. You know, it's that thing of like what happens when we have feelings, especially when we're younger and and they make us feel uncomfortable. We do everything that we can to uh, stave off uh, those feelings or that incessant mind that, you know, Mm -hmm. tells you all of these things. I'm like, oh my God, we all live near airports. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that same plane's going to go over my house in one second. <laughs> oh, there um, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's you.
0: Oh my God. I thought it, it was here. I yeah. literally thought it was here.
3: <laughs> um, you know, and also like the behaviors that come with that. Like, I really want it to be cool. Yeah. Like, I want it to be cool. And I, I, I felt so inherently uncool mm-hmm. that I overcompensated and in those moments where, oh, for fuck's sakes, like Heather, like, uh, <clears throat> I feel like I had a lot of opportunities for relationships that I fucked up in some way, shape or form because I didn't know how to receive
0: them. Right. If that makes sense. Of course it does. Yeah. And Michelle was one of them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I think she would probably say the same. I'm sure. And she was, I mean,
3: she was, she fucking sent me some kind of book. Um, what is, <laughs> that's Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's the diner image. I can't think of the artist. Edward but Hopper? Yes. Yeah. She sent me a fucking book on Edward Hopper. Like... Yeah, and I think I was, like, 14 or 15 at the time. So she's, like, basically one yeah. year older than you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but, I mean... You guys um... are essentially the same age. <laughs> yes, yes. But she... It didn't feel that way then.
3: Because right. I was stuck in this house that was, like, emotionally and physically violent and chaotic. And she's, like, living on her own. And, like... And I was, like, I want that. I want mm-hmm. to be able to to... Have that kind of strength and whatnot, um, and so it always felt. Mm. Always, I don't. That's a. I. I'm trying really hard to to uh, delete the words "always" and "never" in my. In I know my absolutes
0: are like difficult to get away from. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it it's getting to embrace the
3: fact that I'm a weird awkward like totally uncomfortable in my skin uh, person and and getting comfortable within that uncomfortability um right. I, I, I think has been one of the uh greatest saving graces of my life
1: Oh and you've worked so hard at because to be clear like home was home was hard
3: yeah. To, yeah.
1: You know, not to put too fine a point on it. And it, like, I don't want to make you share anything that you don't want to share, but it wasn't an easy place for you.
3: I will. Uh, no, it was. Um, it's I, I only got diagnosed with uh, PTSD in my late 20s um, and it's CPTS Um where, what is CPTS? Uh, complex post traumatic stress um oh. and 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 with that too like for fuck's sakes i <laughs> I think that there's a, a, a difference between excuses and explanations, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I'm so grateful that I I've I've gotten to have explanations that that help me to uh, define things that previously to me were were not definable, and also um, I have this in, incessant. Uh, soul itch of um, desiring to uh, go home while I'm still here if that makes sense yeah. where it's um like Ram Das always talks about like we're all just walking each other home mm-hmm. you know I I feel like I've I've had a, a terror of of dying since I was young um, and on the flip side of that a terror of Of being alive and living.
1: I mean, when, when I was, I, you know, I put myself through college working in a nursing home, like full time in a nursing home. And um, one of my favorite residents one time, she was this really fancy lady that never settled down, never married. Mm-hmm. She sort of had come from some money, but she just spent her life traveling. And um, and so she was really interesting and had a lot of interesting stories. But she lived to be really, really like over like I want to say like 105 years old and one night I was just sitting by her bed because she was having a hard time sleeping and she said to me you know what I used to the reason I traveled and the reason I did everything that I did was because I was so afraid that I was going to die like my whole life I was just afraid that I was going to die and uh, I was like oh you know that makes sense and she was like and you know what now I'm afraid that I never will die I'm 105 laying in this fucking bed and I can't sleep and I was like, well, I'd love to say I could help you out, but
0: I can't. <laughs> so, we're just going to have to wait it out. Yeah, I'm legally not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm also only 20 years old. Yeah. i am not I too am a child. This is this is above my pay grade. <laughs> I can't start I can't start murdering people now. I mean, I mean.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, it's frown to prom. It's brown to prom. But
1: I just imagine, you know, with like you had a very extremely, you know, not just difficult, but complicated home life. And then to be thrust into like this thing that is wonderful on the one hand because yeah. it, it, you know – it gave you money and it gave you
0: acknowledgement for your talents and just saw and you and relationships like, with other adults Yes. who depending yes depending, yes. depending it, are either like can be really great relationships with other yes. adults or can be toxic terrible, terrifying, abusive in their own right. Yes, that's the fucking that's the thin line that the entertainment industry like has always right. walked. And like and you're coming I, in
1: with like a deficit of tools to know what is, you know, what is quote-unquote normal versus what is complicated as a as a young person and it's just, it's not any, it's, it's not, not
3: complicated. So you're. And, and that's the thing though. I wasn't, I had to essentially um, sneak around uh, in in terms of like my relationships on set um, mm-hmm. to put it as, as, as gently um, and, and like a vulnerably, but but also just, I'm like, is this a Super Soul Sunday episode? <laughs> um, maybe. Might be. Um, might be. Might be. Might be. Um, <clears throat> so essentially, I grew up with a woman where um, I wasn't allowed uh, d- uh, my own sense of being. Mm. I, I was essentially an extension of someone else. Mm. And so... Any relationship I had outside of that immediate relationship with my primary um, care person, my, my mom, uh, she found that to be incredibly threatening. Mm. And so Eek. there was a lot of <sighs> being very hyper-vigilant and hyper-aware whenever I was on set to the point that they had like – they had a, a code name for her that they would let me know when she was coming. Um, so then, every uh, the whole entire demeanor would change. It would be like, okay, and like the, especially when I was younger, um, the the makeup artists and the hair people in my life were 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 almost like my surrogate moms, always um, to a certain degree, and it was just a lot of uh almost like st- I, having being able to steal moments of joy right um while also acting um as though i wasn't betraying quote unquote my mom right so uh so that that made the experience of of being on set to have a full circle moment with that question that you asked earlier, Busy, um, I would sob when it was the last day of filming.
0: Oh,
3: um, God. In part because I knew what I was going home to. Right. And that terrified me, and I didn't like it. Um, and we also had um, other foster kids that were coming in and out of our home. So I had this history kind of of – having like somebody live with us for two years and then one day i'd come home and they wouldn't be there they would just be gone um or whatever so um on top of the fact that just us. the classical abandonment issues that arrive when when you know your your mom says that she doesn't want you anymore and just leaves <laughs>
1: Yeah. <sighs> and if this sounds familiar, you know, not everybody listening is an actor, but I'd imagine that a fair amount of people listening have had experience with a narcissistic person in their life. Um whether it was uh, you know, a family member or otherwise. And so we know that people that are, have narcissistic tendencies see other people as an extension of themselves and not as their own person. So when you ask like, well, why then would somebody let their extension get involved in, Acting when that would you know bring on threatening relationships or whatever—it's because it's almost like you're an actor and that's your accomplishment. Exactly. And look at what I've done. And it took
3: me like, yeah. So it it, it took me a, a very long time, I I think, to uh, form a, a a real true sense of self. Yeah. Uh, without having a debilitating uh, panic and terror that was associated with having uh, a full sense of self. Yeah uh, because the, 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 when you grow up in in, in toxicity like that um and, and you don't know anything else you think that it's normal. So when I was in my mid to my mid twenties and I started auditioning, um I I I started developing these severe severe panic attacks where I just I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I couldn't breathe and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um and then I started going to therapy uh for the first time and uh that was a very slow go in terms of getting to even uh talk about the events uh that helped to shape my beingness. Um and it took a uh, a lot of work to uh, detangle and and get free of uh, those uh, very uh, formative uh, building blocks, for lack of a better term.
1: Right. And then talk about going through all this, like just right out there. Like, I mean, you, like, how old were you when you were, did the first Princess Diaries? 16. 16 years old. So like, you just couldn't have been more, you know, it's not like you were doing projects that were under the radar, you know, where you could sort of handle everything privately. You were just out there right next to Annie Hathaway in the Princess Diaries. like. Iconic. Yeah. I mean, for real. Whenever I bring Heather around to like come to a party at my house, like she's the person that people are like, "Oh my god!" Like just like you were no, saying. I busy, know. You know. I'm telling you <laughs> that people are like when you said a friend was coming to dinner, you
3: didn't say it was happening. And and that and then for me, I fucking show up at your house, and I I have not been around people and. <laughs> being at this point in my life where I just kind of say everything in the space of, I remember so specifically like a also busy. I was so glad that you weren't fucking there. Um,
1: this is my birthday, my recent birthday
3: party. Yeah. And, and, and and I said that to you. Um, I, I said that to you, Casey, I remember going there and um I, I, as you can see because I'm I'm smoking now and like yes, whatever. <laughs> We're all killing ourselves slowly. Don't at me or at me if at me if you want. Um it's fine. <laughs> um but I, I went off to the to the thing to smoke to kind of collect myself because like Lori Lori Kalmartin's there and like uh Paul F, um like just people that Paul I F. respect. And, yeah, like yeah, people just... that like I respect that I think <laughs> are so fucking cool and I'm around these cool people and I've never felt like the cool person. I've always felt like the awkward person. And so I remember there was like a, a table set up with like a bar and drinks and it's like fucking kind of crowded. And I remember <laughs> snaking my way to get a drink cause liquid courage and coping mechanisms. And all of a sudden, you know how, like, all of a sudden you're standing in a party, um, and there's no, there's no space to go. Yeah. And you like, get stuck. Yeah. And, and the circles are kind of closed <laughs> and you're standing there awkwardly and not knowing where to go. And I don't know how to join a fucking conversation with strangers that I don't really know. And what am I going to say? So I literally just started a conversation with Lori Martin and these two other individuals. And started talking exactly like this and <laughs> saying this out loud. Like, isn't this so awkward and uncomfortable for everybody here? And like, what are we all doing here? What is like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Um, and I find that the more that I embrace that, just yes, as yes. my state of being, the better it is. And I'll tell you this, um, speaking of Michelle, and I, I, you can share this with her if you desire. Do I actually want to share this story? Yeah, I kind of do. Because it just kind of fits into the point that Go this has for been it. a lifelong process. Um, so I'm at this party. And, like, for some fucking film, it might have been for a film of hers. I can't remember. Um, but I remember seeing her. And I hadn't, I hadn't seen her in a really long time. And so all of a sudden, I'm, I'm back to, like, my 16-year-old self. But I'm not aware that I'm having
0: this response of being back to my 16 year old self you know what some I mean? people yeah. do that to you it is wild isn't yeah. it and and that's like very relatable whether or not you're like in the industry and it's Michelle Williams or it's just like a person that you like worked with at subway and then you like run into them and you're like oh god why am I it's the cool girl from subway <laughs> like you know what i mean like Yes. I totally know that this is a very like yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and and I see her and I'm 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 talking with her and and whatnot and I, I guess maybe I'm being weirder than I thought that I was being or something because I feel that she's looking at me like okay, <laughs> um, and then this reporter comes and. And start and like puts like a thing in her face and we're and Michelle and I were like literally in the weird the middle of this conversation. And then the reporter starts talking to Michelle and I continue to stand there (laughs) like a fucking asshole (laughs) and I can't move. It's not like I'm choosing not to move.
0: It's like I physically can't move because I don't know. I don't know what the etiquette is. Well, there's no handbook for this.
3: There's, and so I'm just standing there and I don't know if Michelle is being polite to the reporter and answering the questions. And then we'll get back to the conversation where she's thinking that
0: this is just a polite way to end the conversation. (laughs) Okay. Knowing her very well, I'm going to tell you this. She would have much rather talked, continued the conversation with you than spoken to a reporter. That is without a question. I don't even need to run it by her. I know that for a fact. And I still, I still think about it. I'll be in the shower, just shaving my (laughs) legs,
3: minding my own goddamn business. And it'll be like, remember that time that you stood there like an awkward buffoon
0: (laughs) for the longest time? Okay, speaking – I mean, this is just now Michelle Williams' story hour, but one time – I won't say who, but I was standing standing with Michelle and Heath the year of Brokeback Mountain at a very fancy party, and a celebrity who shall not be named stood in front of me. Like, first of all, came over to say hi to them and stood in front of me as if I didn't exist, Mm -hmm. and then – I was like I'm going to go get a drink or whatever and celebrity says to me yeah do you think you could get us all drinks and I was like and then Heath bless fucking Heath Ledger goes uh this is our friend she doesn't work for us <laughs> and the guy was like oh oh I'm sorry I just assumed I just assumed you were the publicist and I was like no that's cool but I even if I was So wild, wild swing, even if I was. (laughs) Wild swing to stand in front of me and then ask me to go get you a fucking drink, bud. bud. Um, So I know that feeling. It's weird. You don't know what to do. Like, it's it's always, and I, uh, I'm always
3: surprised when I'm invited to the party. I'm always surprised when people know who I am. I, I, like, and I'm not saying that as like a faux, uh, 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 false modesty. False yeah, modesty. it's 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 not that
0: at all. Um, well, it doesn't I, seem like it, Heather. It, I uh, mean, just to be fair, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, this seems very genuine. If we're being honest, <laughs> <laughs> like, it does seem like this is a thing that, like, you know, this is your this is your fucking work, right? Yeah, it's 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 uh,
3: like half the time. Um, I don't even really know why I'm here Uh, in the space of, um, okay, Uh, all right, universe, Uh, apparently uh, we made some decisions before I decided to incarnate. And uh, (laughs) I I, I don't know what kind of overachieving Ophelia I was trying to be, Uh, but uh, okay, just... uh, let me know. I'm, I'm waiting on that memo. Just waiting <laughs> on the memo. And then what I found continuously is is uh, that I'm I'm always surprised. I'm continually surprised. You know, like I I just uh, for fuck's sakes, like for fuck's sakes, life is something. You should always be
1: invited to the party because nobody is more fun at a party. My favorite part of the party that you were talking about at my house is that we all had some drinks.
3: Yes, ma'am. Of course, everybody
1: had some drinks. You didn't have the most drinks. I can tell you that you didn't win that. You didn't win that contest. Yeah. No. no I did not. <laughs> I did not <laughs> um, but uh you came inside the house because um, I was standing in talking to another friend that was like arrived just at the last moments of the party because he had been hemming and hawing like do I belong at this party blah 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 so it was like the perfect conversation for you to enter into and I loved that conversation and then you said to him hey like we're not you know it's not like we're like the last people at the party that guy's still here and you pointed (laughs) to my son who you never met in person and he was like I mean I live here (laughs)
0: And then you were like, you're a teenager? <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be fair, it is always shocking. Lincoln does not seem like a teenager. He, looks he does. Like, no, he looks like he's in his uh, 30s. And then I drunkenly
3: fondle over him and your <laughs> whole entire fucking family. <laughs> and, and felt like, because that's the thing, right? Where it's, my therapist had said this to me the other week. She was like, because um, I'm just starting to really embrace my writer uh, space, and she said to me, she was like, Heather, um, when you were growing up, it was dangerous for you to um, own your talents, and it was dangerous for you to own your beingness, essentially. And um, and then she was like, and I'm proud that you're getting to do that now, which always <laughs> makes me happy. I like making my therapist proud of me. Same, um, <laughs> same, same. And um and 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 so just getting and part of i think the ownership of talents is is the ownership of of the passion and the enthusiasm of just oh my god i'm so happy to be here and and bah, 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 just getting to show that uh, unbridled joy which i think is is really truly one of the most vulnerable things anyone can do you know, is is? I mean, we're we're all uh, tragedy Olympians, you know. But like, <laughs> what about what about um, vulnerability and joy and 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 passion and and softness and enthusiasm?
0: Well, I always struggled as a woman. I always felt like, for me personally, enthusiasm was mistaken for stupidity. And, and excitement and enthusiasm was, was often mistaken for I'm a fucking idiot. And that is part of like my journey, Casey, of always now, you know, loving, proving people wrong because I do think I get very easily excited and I love to, I get fucking into things and I want to like, oh my God, it's so cool. I want to be excited about it. I want to, I'm a fan, you know, but people do mistake that especially f- it, with women as yes. as being some sort of sign of that you're you know Feeble i've had people brained.
1: yeah i've had people straight up admit to me that they thought that i wasn't very smart and i was like you know what actually being very smart is like one of the number one things about me. So I guess you weren't paying very close attention to anything about me other than like the tone of my voice, the timber of my voice. But also anyone who's ever been enthusiastic about something knows what a gut Mm -hmm. punch it is to be like, oh my God, this blah, blah, blah happened. And to have somebody be like, who cares? Yeah. Or like, that's not that big of a deal or whatever. And like now that I have like a little bit, better handle on being more emotionally mature, I, mm-hmm. I can come back with, oh, I care. That's why I was saying yes. That. And like, I didn't say it was a big deal to you. It's a big deal to me. And if you care right. about me, you'll be happy that it's a big deal to me. But I, I didn't always have those talents or skills.
3: And that makes me think though, that that old proverb of of not casting pearls before swine yes i've I've yeah. cast many a pearl to many a swine yeah. in my day and i've I've gotten a lot more protective over not not in a fear based way but really in a um the the things that bring me enthusiasm and i think I think the the root word of enthusiasm it's it's to be it's uh, to be filled with God, or to be filled with Spirit, or something that I love. That etymology of words—I'm a big nerd in that space. Um,
0: but you that, and my mom.
3: <laughs> but I, but but it's 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 sacred to to share things like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's to only uh, do that with with people that I I feel uh, safe enough are are going to receive that. And also getting to trust that those that don't receive it are not necessarily people that I desire in my life, or if it's somebody that I've uh, had a long enough relationship with, getting to feel safe to say, hey, um, I know that when I, I when I was sharing that, um, I, 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 I really didn't feel received, and I was wondering if, if there's something that is uh, going on with you personally or or if there's a kind of a, a block within our relationship that, uh, that needs some kind of clearing out um, and then take it from there. God, that's so mature. That's super mature. I'm just
0: like, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I cry a that's, lot.
1: <laughs> that's not true. I think that Ugh. you're also very mature in that way. You're always one to be like, is there something going on with me anyway? You always know I'm, when something's going on with
0: me. I know, but we have like a... Mature relationship. Yeah. You you demand it. <laughs> <laughs> you bring it out. You bring it out in in, in me. Oh my I don't gosh. know. Do you feel like, Heather, do you feel like at this point, I mean, you're obviously, it feels like you're sort of in the midst of a moment. Do you feel that? Like career-wise and journey-wise and life-wise. You said you're fo- life-wise, you're focusing on or not focusing, but you, you've you've recommitted to writing. You were writing before. Weren't you writing like mid-aughts, kind of?
3: I, I feel like I remember this. I, I I feel that what I was doing was telling people that I was writing um, in order to get praise. Oh, and, same. I did that too. And yeah, whatnot. That's all of us. And then not actually doing anything because uh, it, it was more about the external validation. And then once I got that, I didn't do anything else, um, because the truth is, is that I, I feel that I'm finally at a place in my life. Uh, so uh, I'm. So right now, what I'm I'm focused on writing is, uh, it's uh, a, a play that's loosely based upon my experience of meeting my birth mom. Oh wow! And, yeah, just a light, happy comedy. Mm-hmm. And sounds, sounds like it. <laughs> and I, 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 I've been beyond blessed with a treasure trove of of material and uh, broken hearts. So you know, like what Carrie Fisher says, where she says, you know, turn your broken heart and, and just turn it into art, and. I, I had to go through the experience of getting to this space where I felt safe enough to have the feelings that I had essentially pushed down for so long mm-hmm. um, and getting to that – and just feeling, okay, I'm, I, I feel far enough away from this that I'm able to look at this with curiosity and uh, – feel brave enough to be vulnerable and let these characters take me on this journey because I didn't really know my birth mom. Um, And ironically enough, a bunch of her shit is coming to my house on Wednesday because my birth sister just moved to the UK and I'm getting to receive a ton of stuff. uh, That like I've never seen before. Um, and there, it's this woman that I essentially, on one hand, it's the most intimate relationship I've had in my life. I mean, it doesn't get more intimate than coming out of a vagina. Um, <laughs> and, and also, uh, she's a stranger to me. You know, so owning one's, one's story in, in that way and, and getting to see how um, my story is as universal as it is unique to me. Because at the end of the day, what we're dealing with is feelings, right? We're Mm -hmm. dealing with the language of feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. And storytelling to me is a way to um, discover, uh, pose questions about the human condition. Who are we? Why are we here? What is our deepest fear? What is our greatest joy? What are we running towards? What are we running away from? What are we confronting within self? What do we refuse to even acknowledge and look at? Uh, for fear of that fucking death, uh, uh, and and getting to have that uh, that full circle moment of getting to come to the other side, where it's that I, I greet the death with with an open heart and 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 a smile, or I greet death kicking and screaming, only to find out that I'm fine.
0: That's some deep shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you have this all all your it's it sounds like you're you're thinking much more deeply and you have this all storyboarded out much in much more detail than than any of us do but I don't blame you I mean isn't isn't that the truth like birth parent that you've never met or like parent that you've grown up in their house your whole entire Mm -hmm. life like Mm -hmm. it's a process of getting to know who that person really is because you know them as like a parent whatever type of parent they were because that's Mm. all you're capable of as a child and then to like know it's like I always walk around just asking myself what am I doing why am I doing it and am I doing it You know, like that's like for TV. Yes, that's where I developed like set of questions. But now it's like my whole life. Like, what am I doing and why? And like, what is it that I'm trying to get to the bottom of? And like, and if there's like a sound reason and I have sound reasoning, then am I actually taking steps toward doing it or am I just saying it?
3: Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And I really, and that was the thing, like it's, it's all these weird full circle moments because it, it really goes to, I really did want to write. Yes. I really fucking wanted to write and, but I, 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 I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel safe to, like I, yes. I didn't feel safe to, I, 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 because I had all of these feelings that were very, very big that that needed to be expressed while at the same time being so terrified of all of those feelings. Um, and the truth is, and, and I say this with a disclaimer, um, because I don't think that it is for everyone. I also uh, it is not a magic bullet. Um, but the one thing that like really helped me was doing psychedelic therapy.
0: Oh, we love, that's one of our favorite topics here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you do, have you done ketamine therapy? I have not. I've not. I did MDMA assisted therapy. Okay, Um, wild. Yeah. And and was this through your doctor or how did it happen? I'm so curious.
3: So long story short, um, I, I, I have had a history of uh, deep depression and suicidal ideation for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. and in 2013, I'm going to this therapist. Were um, and he says, "I think we've hit a ceiling," and and he was like, "But have you ever thought of working with ayahuasca?" And at the time, I uh, had been a part of a group that was just pure abstinence, no drinking, no smoking, like nothing. And um, I had never taken a a, a hallucinogen or an entheogen in my life. And I was like, I what? And so (laughs) I did two years' worth of research. And in in those two years, um, (laughs) I found myself at this precipice in October of 2015, Uh, reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that book. (laughs) Me too. And saying to the universe, Mother Aya, like, all right, fine, fuck it. If I'm meant to fucking do this, I'm ready. Fine. I'm ready. Because I was afraid to drive because I thought that I would drive my car off a cliff if I got in a car. And within 24 hours, quote unquote, out of the blue, I get a call and there's a single space open and I say no. And then I hear a voice in my head say, Heather, you're literally reading a book about saying yes to fucking life. Just say fucking yes. And I went and I said to myself, okay, well, this is like the last stop on the bus for me. Either this is going to work or I'm coming home and killing myself and that's it. And I found myself in the jungles of Costa Rica in February of 2016 for 10 days. Whoa.
0: yeah. How did you know where to go? Like, how did you... It was a series of literally... They always say that, like...
3: <clears throat> Ayahuasca
0: comes to you and you're ready. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I've heard it. Oh, I've and, heard it. Yeah.
3: Um, and, and, and here's the thing. I didn't have a lot of those people in my life. You know, I didn't... I, I wasn't in psychedelic circles. I, I, I yeah. wasn't a part of any of that. And um, just... It was a series of coincidences where I had talked to somebody... Uh, after my therapist had suggested it and they were like, oh, I actually don't know about that. They were like a homeopath would and also sober and they were like, but there's this other woman that actually does know that's a client of mine and that person happened to be the older sister of a girl that I had gone to high school with that had just died the month before of oh a God. heroin overdose. Oh my God. So so there was like all of uh, these things that were happening um and that essentially just uh started me on my journey and the uh changing the course of my life in in that way
1: wow so would you say that since that's the theme of our interview always would you say that that was like a pretty big pivot in your life Pivot! Sorry.
0: (laughs) It's hard for me not to do it every fucking time. (laughs) Pivot! Um, Um...
3: Will you ask that question again? Because I got so I got I got so distracted by the pivot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a good Ross impression.
3: <laughs> um,
0: is that
1: who, who yelled? Pivot? Yeah, Ross. Yes, yes. yes, yes. Of course. Um, Ross. All those boys, I get mixed up. All those friends, fellows. <laughs> um, so I was saying, would you, you know, because we always ask people to tell us like what has been an important pivot in your life. Would you say that that was an important? I mean, it sounds pretty important.
3: You're here. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it does. You're yeah.
3: Here. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was an important pivot in my life. Um, I think choosing to get married was an important pivot in my life. I Shout think out cho-
1: to your wife, Heather. We, yeah. A Heather
3: married to a Heather. It's true. One less <laughs> one less name I have to remember. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, um, here's the, here's the deal. The chances yeah. are if you were born in the very late seventies or the early eighties, you're either Heather or Lisa or Jennifer, maybe Jessica, Jennifer. Yeah. You've yeah. got four names basically you can choose yeah. from.
3: But yeah, I, I think that it's 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 been a series of of um, some big pivots and 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 little pivots. And uh, I like to write notes to myself and hide them. <laughs> Because that way, then in the future, when I find it, I'm like, oh, look at like my like fut- like the the present self then becomes the like I'm the past self is leaving me a message, um, but like was really kind of it's time travel future. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the biggest illusion that we all have that Einstein talks about is is the illusion of time. Yes. Like
0: it's all happening in the grand moment of now. I think we all learned that in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that that like a lot of us did. Yes. Not everyone. Yes.
3: Yeah. It's it's this this experience has been. Um, I, I I mean the truth is we're we're still in the middle of it. People are acting like truly th- this isn't happening anymore, and it's it's still happening. And Woo. I I feel that we're. Uh, we're very adaptable uh, mammals. We we adapt quite well, uh, and and within that, I I think that there we're still in the the first stages of grief,
0: yeah, which is yeah.
3: Uh, pretty much just shock, and and uh, where uh, there's there feels like there's a suspension of animation that's yeah. that's happening. Yeah, it's uh, well.
1: It is. It's shocking. It's it's shocking, and the and we're re shocked now.
0: We're like, what? But
3: are we? But are we shocked? Are we? No. Are we? Are no. we really? <laughs> like it's. I don't know what I'm.
0: A, I'm pissed. Is that yeah. I'm annoyed. Yeah. I'm like fucking mad that people have such a low tolerance for information. Yeah, and disseminating information. Yeah, I'm bummed.
3: It's. I mean, it's uh, like what is that? It, uh, for fuck's sakes, it's uh, you know the revolution won't be televised, right? As we as we know, literally, like it 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 won't be ter- it it won't be televised, and and I think that the way that I feel that Western cultures look at death. And, and the way that uh, how the, the business of death, um, I think, is tied to the business of capitalism, which is tied to the business of uh, white supremacy and the patriarchy. Um, right. And, and what is the value of a life? And, and what does that mean? And uh, how do we value our own lives? And, and what do we say that they are worth? Right. And um, I feel for a really long time we've been in this very blasé, fair, individualistic uh, type of mentality. There, there, um, there really isn't any uh, sense of community. And, right. and I mean real, true community. I totally I know, agree. A bunch of people can get together and fucking go to a protest and whatnot but uh, there's, there's no real true unification. And I feel that it, that is probably going to happen uh, within the, the next 10 years. Right. It's um, – well, you know, you
1: both know as my friends I always have to bring up my guy, Prince – But for Busy's husband's 50th birthday, I sent him this album that I give to everybody. It's a Later Prince album called Artificial Age. I give it to everybody who's having like a big moment, like a big milestone. Or, you know, I gave it to our friend Tony when he realized that he was... Dying, essentially. Um, And he was like, all I want is good music. Just give me good music. That's, you know. And so I try to share this album. And one of the reasons is, and listen, if you're going to go get this Prince album, Artificial Age, I highly recommend it. It's super fun. It's super funny. It has like a sci-fi theme to it. But it also has messages that I think really tie into what you're saying, Heather, which is that, first of all, there really is no time you know what i mean so like when i used to be wistful for like what i was or sometimes i still am wistful for like who i was 20 years ago 10 years mm-hmm. ago and like now i'm constantly telling myself like you are that now and you will yes. be that you are you're always that
3: isn't that so exciting
1: yes and so there's no reason to even be sad about it i am still that person and i'm still there even though i'm here and i'll still be there In the future, but also a message from that album is you are everything. And I take that to mean like you're everybody, you know what I mean? So... In the simplest terms, I know it sounds like we're on ayahuasca right now. By the way, it sounds like we're totally tripping. Oh no, balls. there's,
3: there's, dude, there's no retching going on. There's no shitting in buckets happening.
1: <laughs> no, none of us have vomited on the Zoom. But I just take it Thank to God. mean like, if anyone is hurting, if anyone is in pain, that is also me. And if anyone is experiencing joy, that's my joy. You know, and so it makes it so that it's impossible for me to understand anyone even wanting to be cruel or to say something as cruel as who cares.
3: Oh, dude, but isn't that you too? Yes. So there you go. Yes. It is impossible for me to have compassion for others if I don't have compassion for self first. Yes. And it can be really difficult. When um we see other people that are in pain because the truth is is that their pain makes me feel uncomfortable, right, which means That's that right. they're acting as a mirror for me. and actually they're giving me a fucking gift to uh, look at and see, okay, well, what is what is the truth for me here? what is what is this little nugget of of wisdom that that is desiring? To, to burst forth. And, and I found, for me at least, that part of the heartbreak opening is the heartbreak. And there are p- points in my life that I can look at and, and, and just cringe. And it's because I, I have such judgment for self mm-hmm. uh, for the actions that I took then. yeah, And then when I get to that space of, of working through that, I then find myself in a after I've had the ecstasy and the joy of the aha, yeah, comes the, the grief that follows, because I'm mourning the time that' I've, I've held on to this idea. I've held on to this feeling um, and not knowing anything different. And then getting to hold that part of self with love and compassion. I remember. A few months ago, sitting on the steps outside my house. And I had gotten an audition. And it was for something I didn't want. And I just started sobbing. And what I recognized that what I was sobbing the reason that I was so sad and upset was because I, I was looking at all of the opportunities I felt that I had wasted. The, the arrogance of my younger self, the, uh, entitlement that she had and the choices that I had made that led me to that moment of sitting on those steps. And I remember so specifically like this wave of calm. It was almost like a, 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 a channeling of, of the Divine Mother. And I literally hugged myself and, and started just stroking my arm and saying, Oh, honey, oh, honey, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet love. Oh, honey, I forgive you for what you did not know. I forgive you for what you did not know. And it's okay. Like, it's okay. It's okay. <sighs> and that completely changed my um, demeanor. It completely changed how I was able to receive that audition that had put me into such a state um, of of panic and and self-loathing and and that, like, the choices that I made then um, don't have to be the same choices that I make now.
0: Did you... Can I just ask? Did Uh you do the audition? I did. (laughs) I
3: did. You chose to, like, do it. I chose to do it. I chose to do it because, A... Like, what if we just practice? And, like, what if we just go and what if we have fun? And what if it's actually not that big of a deal? Because the truth is, is that I'd, being an actor for so long, and I'm sure, Busy, that, like, maybe you felt this. Actually, I know that you have, just based upon the fact that I read your book. Um, that, oh, the the parts that I'm being offered to audition for are a are a reflection of me, even though I don't Mm -hmm. feel that this is who I am anymore. And then there's that, my inner fucking 12 year old came out. My inner fucking 14 year old came out where like she's throwing a fucking fit because she feels so fucking powerless. And like, I'm never going to be able to change this fucking narrative. Right. And like, I, I, uh. um, and, Getting to have it be like, actually Heather, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. You can say yes, you can say no. You can like g- greet it uh, in whatever way you see fit. And the truth is is that um I I I did it. Um I allowed myself to have fun and that remembering that I had a choice um to say no. If it ended up yeah. being offered to me
0: so here's the thing that i I have said this to a few people over the years because this is like this is a thing that changed in my head and guys, this is like maybe specific to acting but also maybe not I auditions you know are hard it's it's hard to be in it's hard to put yourself out there again and again and again and be rejected again and again and again, and it's hard to see the pages that come to you and think, well, this is what they see me as, right? Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, I shifted my view of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really like acting. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And And like, you don't get to just do it in real life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you're not on a show or you're not working as an actor currently, like you're sort of just like, you can always, if you're a writer, you can always write. If you're, you know, a cinematographer, you can like go take pictures. You can, whatever. Actors, you're sort of just like stuck. And so I started really approaching every audition, like, well, this is just my chance to act this week. And like making fucking wild choices and big swings and like just entertaining myself. Yes. It didn't, it like, and having fun for myself like that part like tapping back into why since I was six years old I've said I want to be an actor when I grow up like letting that kid just like fucking play now did not see a reflection in the number of jobs that I got going up you know what I mean yeah but it like I would leave always feeling fucking great because I was like I actually don't care like what your experience is. I know that's not collaborative, but when you get the jobs, you can like collaborate. Or if yeah. a director sees something and they want to work with you, you like in the room, you can collaborate. Yeah. But for me, like it's such a fucking crapshoot. The numbers are so against you. You may as well just like use it as practice and like and do and do your own take. And so I started saying like as soon as I would walk into rooms, this is years, this is years ago that this happened. Yeah. When I would walk into rooms, people would say, this is the first thing they always say, uh, it's so great to, do you have any questions for us? And I would say, no, I've just prepared a thing and you'll watch it. And if you like it, that's great. And if not, we will say goodbye and I'll see you someday, you know? <laughs> and I just like, love that so much. I, ha- I literally have no fucking questions for you, buddy. You, if you, you know what I mean? Like we can talk after if you have questions, but like, I yeah. got no questions for you. Right. I did a thing. I prepared right. a thing. It really changed like my view of of going into these rooms, you know? As someone who's
1: been on the other side of auditions, sitting, watching people audition, I would first like to say, like, so huge props to all of you who do that. It is, like, people sitting and watching could do a lot more to make it a nicer experience for the person that's coming in and putting themselves out there. Just throwing that out there, Hollywood, you could do a lot
0: more to make it a more pleasant experience. And it never gets easier for anyone. Just that's the... That's the no. truth. No. I mean I that's basically mean, why I decided not to do it anymore, because I was like, I can't I can't put myself through this. It's like too heartbreaking.
1: For anyone who ever tried out for like I always call it trying out for cheerleading over and over and over. Anyone who ever tried out for anything in school and you ran to the paper on the bulletin board to see if you made it into the play or made it on the team or made it, you know, into the science fair or whatever, that being an actor is that every day. <laughs> every I mean, day. A- yeah, it's a lot of that, I trying mean, out and running to the bulletin board,
3: and also I like, I, I feel that it's the, the one of the biggest gifts I feel about even just getting to be a, a human being, and then that added gift of getting to be an actor, um, is that as I change. The, the roles that find me start to change. Yes. And within that as well, um, getting to have that navigation between why am I saying yes or why am I saying no? And I've learned to be more comfortable with saying no. And I think that there's that the difference between I'm saying no because I actually know my value and I know my worth and I'm not going to waste my time with this and I don't want to waste somebody else's time. It's it's like uh, okay, well, I used to be a size two and now I'm a size eight and somebody's asking me to put on these pants that are a size two. I can't do that. It's going to be awkward and uncomfortable for me. And for everyone else. So just trust me when I say that I'm not a size two. <laughs> I'm now a size eight. Um, and and again, like, what's the intention behind any given thing? And uh, it's having to consistently uh, confront self and... And find those spaces where you don't love self, or you feel, oh, uncomfortable. And and I feel all of that is our, our indicators for um, the the bigger thing at hand. And 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 auditioning is 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 really just one of those mediums where it's busy. I'm curious about this. Um, for you in the space of like you've consistently worked your whole life, right? You're uh, like yeah, it, 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 and and you've been lauded as somebody that is a comedian that um have I? Yes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay, okay. I mean, at least through what I've seen. I mean, I I think you're a brilliant comedian. Thank you. Um, and so learning whether or not you're putting yourself on sale right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. getting to go from that perspective of when you're so used to uh receiving crumbs
2: mm-hmm.
3: you don't think that you're even worthy of that cake
0: yeah i mean i think uh, i think it i mean i think that that thing sh- shifted for me no, I think I always – I think that, like, equal pay, like, parody was always a thing that I was, like, aware of in entertainment and yeah. fucking bugged me. And as, you know, because you've been working since the 90s like me, you know, as the industry changed in terms of what they were paying people, especially, like, on television and stuff, like, you know, I was – they offered to test for how I met your mother. Um, but they wouldn't for the part that of course I can never see myself doing it now, but like that Allison Hannigan ended up playing,
2: yeah.
0: but they wouldn't meet my television quote at the time
2: mm-hmm.
0: they were doing it. Like they were like the top of our budget is basically like half of my quote. And I just was like, don't find the money for the person that you want. And by right. the way, I wasn't wrong. It was Alison Hannigan. I'm, pretty sure that she didn't take half her quote and so I felt like my worth like that is why I had that quote right and by and then when I found out later that like on other shows that I was getting paid like you know, significantly less than my male counterparts who'd done less than I had in my career. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But I remember asking how much Seth Rogen was getting paid because I felt like our characters were on par and we were getting paid the same amount. And I was like, like, swear to God, like I was always like, I want to get paid what the men get paid. You know, it was, that was always like a fucking thing for me. Oh, wow, And like, same with same with ER like i didn't i yeah. chose not to go back to ER because i felt like they were i was like top of show guest star that they were paying extra to but they wouldn't but they were treating me like a series regular like i was a part of the cast and i was working as much as the regular cast and they wouldn't make me a regular and i was like i don't particularly want to do this like i like i don't like that feeling of feeling like but money but money is like a thing for me like just in my family and like you know, I worked in restaurants since I was fifteen or whatever. Yeah. I always had a paycheck, and like, I just feel like that's a thing that, and I've always felt, you know, it's a hard industry. You you you're constantly on the brink of financial insecurity. Yes, yes. So, so for so I know that sounds like those two things don't kind of go together, like turning things down because or walking away because they won't. Pay me more, but to me, I was like, I'm gonna fuck fucking find someone who's gonna pay me more. Like I was just like, I had to. I mean, and I that's know. that's
3: in, and I've had that. I've I've had both experiences where I've said yes to things that I've wanted to say no to, um, out of fear, and and I think that especially for me that. My, my worth was tied up with money from
0: the time I was seven. Well, for sure. You're like you know the breadwinner. I, Were you like essentially became the breadwinner for the family? No.
3: Money was a big thing in our house um, as well. And I was taught to fear money mm-hmm. and spending money at a very, very, very early age. And... It was drilled in my head to, uh, I mean, uh, Heather, are we going to talk about this? Yeah, why the fuck not? Because it just really kind of just shows, it shows the truth. Like it shows the truth. I remember being down in New Orleans um, when I was like 19 or 20 and I was doing a, a a movie that shall not be named, everybody needs at least one or two <laughs> like strip teases on their resume. Right. Um and Scarlett Johansson was there at the same time filming um, "Love Song" for Bobby, whatever the fuck. Um, and uh, I was—I remember being in this hotel room with her crying because I—I I didn't have access to any of my money, um, and I was at that time like a twenty-year-old woman. And oh god. I didn't gain access to any of my own money until I was 31. Oh my god! So, yeah, it was it was a big. When I tell you that I grew up in a toxic environment, and it I, it, it was a very 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 toxic environment. Um, and because I I was told my whole life, um, you're irresponsible. You're you're
0: stupid you don't know what you're doing you can't trust yourself right well oh, yes
3: um, you can't trust
0: yourself is that's a common theme for women our age especially even you if know, you didn't grow up in a in a super toxic yeah abusive household i think yeah. you can't trust yourself is is a big one
3: yeah and and so when it comes to like offerings of money or whatnot, that, that idea of, well, a, you should be thankful that you're working, that you're even being offered anything. And you're, you're, um, uh, ridiculous. If, if you don't say yes, and who do you think you are? And, and, you know, obviously the quotes that I had, uh, Accumulated in the really in the 2000s, because um, it's it's always going up, right? Until it doesn't, and then it plateaus, and then it starts to go down. Um, I, money and my worth were intrinsically tied, mm-hmm. and um, I started to believe, based off the representation that I had had at the time, where it it was well, this is what you're worth. And it's like, well, wait a second, but I used to be worth that. So what happened?
0: Right. What happened? Did
3: I do something wrong? Do they not like me anymore? Like, what did I do that is causing me to not receive as much? Because I've been told that I was worth this much, and now I'm not worth that much anymore. Um, And and so I was making a lot of these decisions from – a very terrified uh, child's mindset, and and not a young woman's mindset. Uh, and now I really just look at money as um, uh, a tool. I I. I I know that, like, I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very blessed and, and I'm very, very aware of the privilege that I have. Um, and I feel that everybody should be paid a fucking living wage. I mean, yes. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, and that the financial dollars aren't uh, – tied into my worth as much in, in, in that spiritual, emotional way. And so now I'm able to look at it from an objective way. Like I was offered something I was originally offered one amount for two days worth of work. And I was like, Oh my God, that's great. I will take it. And then they came back and it was a fuck ton lower. And I was like, and this was during COVID And I was like, "Mm," and I I said, okay. And then I was like, wait, Heather, what are you doing? Don't say, okay, take a second. (laughs) Right. And then I went back to my rep who I fucking love. um, And I was like, you know what? This actually doesn't feel right. Like, no. And she said, I agree with you. And so we went back and we said no. And then they offered um, more and, but it wasn't what they had originally offered. And they said that they didn't have it in the budget which was bullshit um, and i knew it was bullshit because fucking like almost every single fucking studio is tied to a corporation they have them 100% um and so i said no and i remember saying to my wife like i just said no i turned it down i and it was a quote unquote big opportunity for me um but i felt that I was worth what I was worth, um, especially with what it was and what they were asking me to do. And then they came back and it was one day of work, uh, for the same thing that they had originally offered me. So I ended up actually even, I ended up getting more because it was, it was one less day.
0: See, I mean, I, this, it's interesting. Cause I was like, as you were talking about this story, I was like, this is the, that's also part of what's so fucking complicated, right? Like, I, I don't even, I don't even know. I mean, was I paid for vice principals? I don't even know. No, I'm mean, <laughs> kidding. But like, that I literally was like, I did that like essentially like for free because you want I just to do it. I just wanted to work with Danny and and Jody Hill and and David Gordon Green. And I kind of like just didn't give a fuck and had made a lot. I had was coming off of Cougar Town. So it was like coming off of a network TV show. And I was a little bit like, well, that's fine. Um, But it is funny because you're right. Like, they do fucking – they have the money. They find the fucking money if they want to find the money. Well, it's such a a weird weird.
1: industry because when you think of, like, you know, you don't go into a store and try to, like, haggle
0: with Target. Right, like, why are we haggling?
1: And then – so we treat ourselves in this industry like it's a fucking flea market and you're constantly on the table wondering whether you're, like, a treasure or junk. Based on like what someone's offering you and people are becoming Casey, more. Casey, you're a genius. <laughs> um, But it's like people are, I admire younger people when they're so, they compare so much what they make now in a way that like, I never would have had the
3: courage to. Well, because we were taught to not do that. That's not like, polite. Don't talk about money. Don't, 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 don't do that. And also it, it, it goes to like, uh, and I, I, I really appreciated with what what Busy just said, right? Because it's like here's the thing: if it's, let's say it's an independent film, right, and it's with an up and coming director that I absolutely think is smashing, and the script is absolutely incredible, um, but they're they're not offering that much money. It's it's well, what is the what? What is the payment? What am I investing in? Sometimes the yes is an investment into something greater. Right. Because Um, money isn't everything. That's not our only source of capital. Exactly. Exactly. I'm thankful. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really fucking thankful, period. Like, I really am. It's, it's, it's such a trip. Um, to be alive and and to be in this experience and to never know what's going to happen one moment to the
0: next. Like, I didn't know that I was going to be doing this podcast. Like, I mean, well, neither did we, to be fair. I mean, just in general, you know what I mean? We thought we were going to be doing something else, but here we are.
3: I was so nervous. Like this morning, even before I like so sweet, I went to hug my wife and she was like, your heart is beating really fast. Are
0: you okay? Oh, honey.
3: And I was like, I'm just really nervous because like I look at this as like an opportunity in the space of like I'm the kind of person that writes letters to people and will be Mm -hmm. like handwritten letters Um, (laughs) and we will be like, hey, I just like. Like, read your thing or whatever. Like, do you want to be friends? Like, I, like, that's, <laughs> that's how, like, some of my friendships have been, have been born because it's, it's, um, I, uh, you know, it, it really is that, like, simple thing of, of like, oh my God, you seem pretty cool. Like, like, hey, do you want to, like, hang out and, like, whatevs? And, and also with that, <sighs> that deeper receiving of oh heather everyone really is just doing the best that they can yes. and oh heather maybe you actually are a pretty fucking cool lady yeah. um and uh, what not because i mean just for fuck like being a human being is is I was almost impossible. Well, because I was wondering last night, I was like, are we actually human beings? Because <laughs> what is that? What is that like voice in our head
0: that like we have? Is it really like Westworld? What is going on? Oh, and yeah. I go, Sims. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like always on this idea that we've, that we're computer made or we're Sims. This is a big, that, a big this line is a of big me, on This a big thing for me. A big thing for me. Yes. <laughs> and on this podcast. But, you know, Sims Theory, I am just, a lot of times very on board with Sims theory. Yeah, it's got to. I mean, I'm on board with it too. Why have I
1: seen Dweezil Zappa so many times in public? It's because someone's doing something. (laughs)
0: Oh shit, you guys. I have the best book for both of you. What? Have you read No One Is Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood? Oh no. Okay. So I'm not, I'm only on part two because I'm, Kind of like weirdly savoring it. I'm a fast reader. Like, I think you probably are too. Yeah. Um. But I, this book is blowing my fucking mind. And I need you guys to, I don't know who Patricia Lockwood is. I haven't even researched it because I don't want to know. <laughs> but my friend Abdi had recommended this book. And then the book, and then I kind of started to read it. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. Uh, like months and months ago and then someone gave it to Mark and so I was like all right book get over here (laughs) I mean well Mark read it and was like this is fucking mind-blowing you have to read it and so then I was like all right book you've shown up now two times in my life I guess it's I guess we got to do it and it is I just want to tell you that what it's filed under internet and grief okay and it's an it's a novel and she's she writes like the internet in, I don't even know how to describe it. It's a mind fucking trip. You guys have to, I need you both to read it. Okay. And then we can I'm have a book it. club about it. Cause I don't have any book clubs, nor do I want to be in one, but I would do a discussion <laughs> with the two of you about this book. When you, when we all read it,
3: I, I will be uh, getting the ebook version from the LA public library. Um, Fantastic. Today, unless I have to put a, a hold on it because other people are reading it, I, what I'm curious about though too, because it's we, uh, I'm curious about if both of y'all dream, if you guys remember your dreams, yes, if if, um, how vivid your dreams are, do you write them down, and have you had the experience of lucid dreaming, i.e., uh, having your unconscious conscious wake up within the dream where you are like, oh. I'm dreaming. This is a dream. Yes.
0: Yes. I think I have had that. I have very, a lot of times I have very literal dreams. Like exactly what I'm going through in my real life. I'm just going through in my dream life. It's weird that you bring this up because I actually, well, I've been jet lagged or I don't know what's wrong with me. Today, Casey, I became convinced that maybe I've had fibromyalgia for my entire life and I've just powered through it. (laughs) <laughs> I Something's going on It's also on though, but possible it's, It I is mean, actually possible I don't possible. mean to like Crack a laughing at your I know but it's just funny I know Because now I'm getting this Like really intense Like itchy hands Okay And, and It doesn't matter guys It's fine Well I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it all out Don't worry um, But I woke up super early And I was like You have to go back to sleep You've been exhausted You have to go back to sleep So I forced myself back into sleep. And so it was like not super deep. And I remembered my dreams. And I had crazy torrential downpours, a lot of water, a lot of rain, mud. Colin was in my dream. And I had to like decide if I wanted to drive home through the rain. And the rain stopped for a minute. And so then I was like, we're going to drive home. And I loaded everyone into my giant inner tube. (laughs) And then we were like floating home, but it was to my, in my old neighborhood that I grew up in in Scottsdale. Wow. Guys, this was a real fucking journey, a journey. And then the rain dried up and it was just mud. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. I thought we could just float home. And so we had to get out of the inner tube and we were like hiking up these like giant dirt hills. And this woman like came up in this big, but um, like Rav four car, and I was like, "You can't! You got to slow down." There's people ever look at all these people are walking. You have to slow down. And she's like, "They'll be fine. They'll get out of the way." It was a journey. No that one likes is... to hear about other people's dreams, but it was uh, weird. I disagree.
3: I disagree. <laughs> I like. Please share all of your dreams with me. And in 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 so many different cultures. I mean, uh, for fuck's sakes, so many different cultures. Uh, d- you have uh, essentially like a, a group uh, get-together in the morning where people share about what they dreamed the night before because the truth is, is that we have, we have a dreaming life and we have a waking life. And at least for me, my dreaming life uh, influences my waking life, which influences my dreaming life and so on and so forth. Because what is it to have a consciousness what is it what happens when we dream where where do we go like what um Billy Eilish has asked
0: that very question
3: she <laughs> she she has asked that question um but but really it's 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 fascinating i to me. know
0: I love it, and also I might I may, I need to look into this fibromyalgia theory that I just, that just came to me today. Okay. Now I'm just like exhausted all the time and it doesn't feel, it's like not normal. And you know me, I power fucking through, but yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm shocked you're exhausted. It's, I can't
1: think of a single explanation for why a working mother traveling all over the fucking world,
0: not world, just just this country, just this country, just this country, Would only this country be exhausted? Yes. Who's now? Yes, uh huh. In the heat yes. of summer. All right, Casey. <laughs>
1: I'm just saying. Don't you know? Uh, let's let's get you taken care of and figure out whatever it is. But also, the answer might just be because your maybe life I need is to ex- like.
0: Exhausting. Lie down. Yeah. Well here's a question. That. Wait, Heather, I have a question as well, this is not oh, fuck. Now it's hard because I know everything. Well yes. Not swim. everything. But ask. I do want to ask just your opinion from having not like from having been uh on set as a kid. Yeah. Um, because Bertie's working tomorrow. They're working in Malibu and uh-huh. is it bad form if I like just brought a bathing suit and like went down to the beach? <laughs> If you were, okay, if I were your mom, would that be like, because I'm not going to set with them. I would say, please, I would say, please go and enjoy your day. Like, I mean, I'm not going to set with them. Like we've had a conversation about it. They're like, I would feel much more comfortable if just like the social worker set teacher lady walks with me, like stays with me whatever. And I was like. Not a problem. Like, I totally get that. Like, go do your thing. This is your thing. It's not yeah. my thing. And, but Bless now I'm you. like, they're moving, they're, they're shooting in Malibu for the next two days. And I kind of just want to like bring a bathing suit and like go lie out.
3: But um, I don't know if that's
0: weird. Base camp's like going to be at the beach. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, nobody, yes, nobody has no to, nobody has to know that you're laying out. The base camp PA will know, but that's, but that's it. And that's fine. And I'll Dude. just have my phone on me
3: and also like okay. what's the fear that like you're going to be like considered a bad mom that yes. like <laughs> yes. okay
1: a bad well, mom would come on set in her bikini and be like hi everyone i'm going to the beach does anyone want to come to the-? you would never
0: okay okay you would I mean, never no, you're just going about your not.
1: business what are you supposed to do in malibu
3: yeah dude yeah, i mean fucking go to the beach have a beautiful time if anything i'm i'm sure that your kid would actually really deeply appreciate that. If not consciously, there's going to be at least some kind of mental snapshot where it's like, you know, like, I really love that, like, my mom um, is like being supportive of this experience with me. And also she's taking time for herself and not just like needlessly, like worrying and wondering and like fretting um, in the park car. Just next to set, but also not (laughs) wanting to be a nuisance, you know, which makes it that much more nuisanceful, right? you know, where it's like, I don't want to be in the way, I don't want to be in the way, I don't want to be, and it's like, yeah, but you're in the way. Right. When you were saying that, you're not in the way. And Birdie
1: doesn't have to feel like they're hosting you and
3: taking care.
1: I used to always get so, my, you know, my relatives would come to sets of shows that, like, to see me work, (sighs) and that was always... Exciting, but the worst day because you just feel yes. like you have to look after oh, them and not do your job. So, you know. And you get, you, yeah, and you get like, yeah. Okay.
0: Craft Services is over there. Okay. Right. Are you okay? Do you have anything you need? I'll see you're you. Not- I'll,
1: I come and find my mom in a deep conversation with Lisa Coudreau in the green room, and she's like, This is my f- like my new friend Lisa.
0: <laughs> you're like, Mom, I love
1: Yes, I'm aware. I mean, is. you're
0: not Debbie Reynolds, dude. <laughs> Um, all right. Heather, this has been such a joy. If you guys get this book, if you really wanna do it, can we do like a book club? Fuck
3: yeah. Wait, wait, does this mean that like we're friends? We can be friends. I would love to be be friends. friends? Yes,
0: please. Cool. Yay. Casey, share it, put us on a group text. Group text coming at you. Group thread. We gotta have a group text. (laughs) Awesome. Um and you're such a delight. And I hope that like your journey and pivot continues to you just like continuing your journey of self and like, and, and, an appreciation of the thing that we all see, which is like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yes, like a, a shining talent, like no other, but also just like you are fucking cool. <laughs> the highlight of Casey's party apparently, <laughs> which I wasn't at. And like, and like, I want you to feel that when you walk into rooms, like that you belong there because you belong I, in every fucking room. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say a
3: thank you, and with that, I feel not necessarily. Uh, I feel that I belong in every room because I'm in that room. But <laughs> everybody right. feels fucking uncomfortable, and yes. I think yeah. sometimes 100%. I'm just the person that names the uncomfortability, which then just you know breaks the or makes it more uncomfortable um <laughs> which is fine uh but thank you guys for having me this is it's like such a such a blast and and so
1: much fun love you so much heather one of my favorite faces to see and you're just you're a very special person it's a weird experience <laughs> to remember every single moment that you've ever had with a person over the course of 20 something years <laughs> and you know
0: well, rats falling from the sky. I mean,
1: <laughs> pretty unforgettable. But like, yeah. you know, but you're just you're just a really special person, and I'm so glad that we're friends. And you're uh, you're just and worth I it. can't
0: wait to be friends. I'm super <laughs> oh excited. Oh
3: goodness! I received that. Thank you, guys. Thank Yay. you. I, I received that. All right, go take right. care of of your possible fiber myalgia. <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go eat some chicken. <laughs> Bye, guys. You. Bye. 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 Ugh, Heather, I can't wait for our book club. Maybe we can do it live. <gasps> oh. oh, my God, Casey. Could that be? Do you guys, I also, I do want to say this. I have read more than one book. You know what I mean? I do want to say that. And I, and I also am, I'm like hope, hoping that I'm not over hyping this shit because I, that worst thing is when somebody ruins something that maybe yes. you would enjoy, but they ruin it because they make it sound so good. And then you yes. read it and you're like, it wasn't as good as busy. Phillips made it sound like it was going to be right. I do not want to do that. Right. But should we do a book club? That would be so fun. That would be really fun. Let's do it. Okay. Guys, right. not like, not guys, not like Reese or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, we can't, I'm not Oprah. We're not, I'm not, we're try, not, trying, we're not we're trying to, like to make be, a show out no, of everything. We're not try, and, and we're not trying to be like, um, you know, monetize this shit. I get yeah. nothing from you reading this book. But if you think it would be fun to read a book that I'm obsessed with. And talk about it. And talk about it with us. Yeah. Send an email to... Busy doing her best at gmail dot com, and uh, and maybe we'll do it like in in September or late, like maybe late. August. Yeah, we gotta we'll give figure people, it out. Yeah. People have to have a minute to read yeah. the book.
1: We have to yeah. Th- here I am. I'm trying to do business with you now on the podcast. The thing that I always make fun uh-huh. of you for. Uh-huh. But I've been hanging out with the CEO of that like live event company. Yeah. Uh, since you moved away, I had to get a new friend and she's it. Seems rude, but okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but yeah, but maybe that's something we could do together.
0: Maybe. Oh that thing Yeah you like those, that idea I don't know what it is I guess it's fine It seems <laughs> fine I, you, uh, It's fine uh, Yeah we'll figure it out um, But so yeah So email us And maybe we'll do
1: A live book club Maybe that'll be the thing
0: um, I think we should do I think we should do A live book club So the book is No one is talking about this By Patricia Lockwood We're going to do a, a live book uh, Event No wait A live What is it called? A book club. A book club. A live event. What's wrong with me? I don't know. My brain I mean, just literally, I just, I already moved on. I'm already yeah, like you're, packing. You're thinking I swear about, about, God, yeah, you have I to God, I literally go. am already packing my snacks yeah. for Birdie. Yeah. Um, a book club. I only, I've never been like a book club bitch. My mother was in a book club, not a joke. My mom has been in a book club for 40 years years the same oh my fucking book gosh club. wow weird wow it's too long I think she started a book club when we moved to Arizona oh and wow I think that one like my mom or wait maybe I have to ask I have to ask Barb maybe it's not 40 years whatever it's a long time it's been 30? a long time 30 yeah. years yeah maybe 30 years 30 let's say my- 30, 35 my
1: husband, some of you might know, is um, an acclaimed short story writer. But he's also he's been hired by book clubs to come in and like give an official analysis of books or whatever. And I always think that's so funny that I'm like, just a bunch of book club ladies will uh, you know
0: hire you? It, it's it's funny, but also interesting. One time. When I was in my 20s, I tried to join a book club with my then boyfriend and Emily Beebe um, at the local uh, – Brent. I think it was a Brentano's. I don't even think it was a Barnes & Noble. I think it was a Brentano's. Yeah. Brentano's. Booksellers. Remember Brentano's? Yes, yes. And, uh, and the book was this, – this should give you a time frame, a year frame. The book was The Girl with the Pearl Earring. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. So we were like, let's. we signed up for the book club through the bookstore and we're like ready to do it. And then for some reason, we all got really high before we went <laughs> to the book <laughs> <to fun> club. <con. laughs> well, that's the point kind of
1: is to be intoxicated.
0: And then it was just like this, like I was like, then I like couldn't stop like laughing and was like, thought it was like so insane and so bad. And then when I was trying to recount it to someone else about it and I was like, yeah, and there was just this, like lady who just kept talking about how it reminded her of her life as like the secretary to this really powerful lawyer who's married. And it just felt like I just didn't need to know all this stuff about this lady. And I can't remember who it was that I was saying that to. They were like quiet for a second and they are like, Sounds like maybe she just really needed to share that. And it was like she felt like it was a safe place for her to share that information. And that is how she related to the book. And then I felt like such a dick and like so judgmental and like just an asshole 21 year old. That was my last book uh, club experience, guys. So well, well you wanna here's, here's our chance to to do redeem. Better. Yeah. I'm going to redeem myself.
1: Oh, wait. I want to say one more weird thing. Please. Okay. So you guys know that like not last week, but the week before I was on a trip uh, through the United States to go to Paisley Park. We did the tour at Paisley Park. And if you've never been, they take a group of like 10 or 12 people through Paisley Park. I've never been. Yeah. So, you know, you go through various stops and your tour guide tells you. So on the tour, you kind of like, you know, you might make chit chat with the other people on your tour. You might not. Who knows? But somebody from my tour reached out to me this week on Instagram to be like, oh, my God, we were on your Paisley Park tour. We me and my friends are fans of the podcast. (gasps)
0: That's so amazing. We didn't
1: know it was you. Oh,
0: no. So
1: anyway, but which is totally fine. But she's like, we would have said that we like the podcast. So anyway, shout out to my friends from the Paisley Park tour, who we didn't get to really talk, but we spent the whole day together. Um, But it it was about Prince. It wasn't about the podcast on that day anyway. So, you know, it's fine. But I said next time we go, we should, you know, plan to link up together and we can –
0: very exciting yeah so I it, love that and we I had some that. some uh group chat members it's been a year since we yeah. did those group chats and we had some people that have met up in person really that makes me so and it was, like, happy and they were and it seemed like they really are like they really had like a special like that it was really nice and they had yeah. a special time together
1: yeah. And we you did know? another round of like group chat matches on Instagram and it seemed like it was really successful. I hope that it was really successful. We asked you guys to match yourselves up because who knows better who wants to talk to who than you. And um, so hopefully Ooh, how about- did you do that? I just put a post up on Instagram saying, like, if you're looking for a group chat, tell everybody oh. something about yourself and, and then go and comment to other people, you uh-huh. know. So it was very DIY, very quick and dirty, but it seemed really successful. So let us know how it's going and, um, and if you're enjoying your new group chats.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, guys, listen, we're getting off sort of quickly this week, getting off of this thing. The podcast. What? Yes, yes, because I gotta snacks go. snacks to pack. You're I've, you're a I'm stage mom. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm like nervous that I don't want. I can. <laughs> I mean, if it. I, first of all, I'm I'm late to a lot of shit. Late, yeah. like pretty consistently. I would say, most would say. Yeah, I think that would be that's fair to say. But one thing that I am always on time for is uh, work. Yeah. And
1: also you're not, being late for yourself is one thing, but being late on behalf of your kid is, you know, Unaccept- you, you, you would never acceptable. do that. Yeah. So we got to
0: let you get going. Thank you. And, uh, you guys, per usual, we love you. We love you. We missed you last Con- week. Thanks we for really coming did. back this Con- week. We hope you have continued to do your best and, uh... And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Hey I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best Oh no.